Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. This is 1690 AM WVON, the end. Good afternoon, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Of course, I am Kendall Moore. Happy Friday to everybody that is out there. Be as happy as you possibly can. Uh, Friday, May 15th, 2020. I always like to begin the show by acknowledging the one and only Miss Robin Lewis. Robin, how are you? Hello. How you doing oh, in that uh, hot box back there? You know, know. It, it becomes a hot box when uh, when it, when it, when it gets hot outside. Yes, it's like they didn't get the memo to turn the heat off. Here's the thing. Stick with me on this. Okay. I am going to put a memo together and send it to Melody and Pierre. Okay. I'm going to try to get as many of us here at WVON to sign it okay. and see if they can institute uh, or install a personal air conditioner in there for, for me. Yeah, no, just for you. Just for me. <laughs> How's your week been? Oh, it's been a week. Yeah, well. I, I've been listening. I, I, okay. I, I, I have been listening. Then I don't have to say nothing else. No, nothing else. <laughs> Robin, always great. Oh, thank you, love. Love you. Smooches, smooches, smooches. Back, have a back at you. terrific weekend. And the wife, too. All righty. Yeah, you know, Robin was talking to me about my wife when I came in today. She was like, Kendall. You, you were like, Kendall. You did that. Oh, I did. <laughs> Nicole is so... She like, I'm like, yeah, we, we're having twins. Mm-hmm. That belly is all over the place. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I the think, blessings, girl. Blessings. Oh, no. So we, we have a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. They're coming. Kai and Kamara. And Aww. Kai and Kamara. And uh, Kamara, Kamara, her leg is hanging out. Uh, so she's ready to come. She she probably will be the first one out. Picture that right at 6 o'clock driving. Oh. <laughs> She's trying to evacuate. She is trying to get out of there, yeah. Oh, blessings. Rub her feet. Yes. Every day. Absolutely. Several times. Absolutely. And keep her belly moisturized. All right. We'll do that. (laughs) Thank you, Robert. (laughs) The entire team is in the building. Of course, we are being very uh, socially responsible. Netta Beretta is in the building. Hello, hello. What's that, Will? What up, what up? My girl, so dope, Sandy. Hey, everybody. What's up? Fire Naya is also in the building. We are all six feet apart, folks. We are uh, abiding by uh, the social distancing rules set forth by all of the scientists, all of the smart people, and more specifically, the the NIH, which is the National Institute of Health, and the CDC. I wanted to get that out the way because we have a we have a huge we we have a team here, and you know oftentimes we get asked, well, how are you guys doing it? So sometimes I at least like to explain how we set up until 
um, you know, we can all be in the same room at the same time. Having said that, hello, everyone. I was out last week. My, uh, my, my comrades did a terrific job last week. Congratulations. You guys did a fantastic job. Didn't get nothing but raving reviews. Thank you. want to make sure that I said that. I couldn't get through VON's door today without Miss Deb uh, chasing me down. Uh-huh. Miss Deb was like, Kendall. <laughs> Your people are so good. I'm like, Miss Deb, those are not my people. We are a team. Well, your team, y'all did so good. So I'm like, congratulations to you guys. Great show. Of course, I was tuned in listening to it. And I think it was a great topic last week as well. And so apropos because there are so many young ladies out here right now um, who are uh, suffering at the hands of many different people and vices. But I don't want to retract and go back. I just want to say, terrific job. Thank you, thank, thank you. Last week. It was definitely worth talking about. I, I, you know what? You don't have to tell me. We probably could talk about it again we, here today. We should revisit that topic. I think there's like, more to it. It, 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 yeah. it, it really is. It, you know what's interesting about that, Netta, is that domestic violence, uh, homelessness, and uh, people having to sign up to go to protective shelters, it has increased uh, threefold. Mm-hmm. since uh, the stay-at-home ordinance has been implemented. Mm-hmm. And that's just here in the state of Illinois alone. So very, again, a very appropriate topic last week, and we did it during uh, Mother's Day. I wasn't here for Mother's Day, so happy belated Mother's Day to all of the mothers that are out there, but a terrific job, you guys. And then why well, well, I got the mic, not for long, but why I have the <laughs> mic, let me say that. Um, you know, the Lick crew, I really want to be able to spend some time WVON family, for you guys to get a chance to learn them and know who they are because they're here and they're here to stay. And, you know, Will me, Will and I, we talked offline maybe two weeks ago, and Will was like, you know, what's a good idea, Kendall? People really need to get to know who we are, not just see us on the Kendall Moore Show uh, uh, page, not just see us on the WVON website, but really understand who each and every person, everybody, who uh, we are. And we're going to do that. And that's a promise for me. Uh, to you guys, because uh, we have tremendous things percolating and coming uh, and forthcoming. So without any further ado, let's talk about what we're talking about tonight, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, This evening, uh, we have a terrific show in store. Uh, It touched my heart the last 48 hours of all of uh, the things that are happening to black people, even during COVID-19, right? All of the things that are happening to black people. We got the brother out there in Georgia and what happened, what happened with him. We got the sister, uh, and, you know, they ran up in her house, killed her, and was like, oops, my mistake, wrong house, killed her. Got the brother out in Oklahoma, was just dropping off a package. Mm -hmm. And uh, the homeowner association president backs him in. One of the residents comes out, and basically they try to hold him hostage. Mm -hmm. There are many other examples that I can give you here this evening. Uh, We certainly are going to tackle a couple of them, but... The overarching theme here for the first uh, hour here during the Kendall Moore Show is talk about um, black people and our safety during COVID-19. Even though people are supposed to be staying at home, uh, how protected are we? There is more racism and attacks on black people during this COVID-19 pandemic probably than there was when everybody had their freedom. Mm -hmm. Or is it more pronounced because we're now paying more attention because we're on social media a lot more and we're paying attention to the news. Either way, it's happening. 
And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it during the 6 o'clock hour because uh, I got something to say. Don't touch the dial. Uh, give us a call. 591-1690 is back, too. I'm very excited about that. Hit the phone lines. <laughs> 591-1690. It's Kendall Moore Show. We're back in a moment. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the next generation. Minutes after the hour, it's Kendall Moore. Find out one sixteen ninety. That's the number to hit to connect with us. All right, happy Friday, everybody. So uh, this hour, you know, the last forty eight hours, of course, everybody is locked up as far as COVID nineteen is concerned, or at least should be at home. That's one number one. Number two, I don't want to talk about this tonight, but I want to at least bring it up. You got the pastors arguing with Willie Wilson about opening up those churches. It was 100 of them down there at the Thompson Center. You know Willie Wilson is Will's boy. I ain't finna argue with Will. No, 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 no. I'm not finna argue with Will tonight about Willie and all them other. I do know Willie. Yeah, but no, that's your boy. You know, we're going we to call a spade a spade. I'm not, we ain't finna have it. But I, I, I wanted to bring that up, um, even though we're not going to talk about it tonight, because I did see the statement that was made by Lori Lightfoot as it relates to and, and the, the pastors. And when I say pastors, pastors, is, you know, it's relative to black people. You know, white people got pastors too, but they're priests and all this other stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing, though. Black people want to go to church too. The archdiocese is, is, the archdiocese is locked in foot in step with Governor Pritzker and Lori Lightfoot. They've come out giving a statement saying, Listen, there, there, there's ramifications behind this. Don't do it. But the pastor's saying, open the church. So now you got Lori versus Willie Wilson and all the pastors. There's a lot of undertone behind all of this. I wanted to bring it up because my two cents, my two cents on it is this. Stay y'all ass at home. <laughs> and if you do have to go to church, just make sure that you are doing it in a very socially responsible way. I'm not going to unwrap that onion. I really, I'm not, because that's not what we're talking about from 6 to 7. But go ahead, Will, because I, I see your eyeballs. What, I ain't man? saying nothing, man. What, what Will? Go ahead, say what, 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 what you're going to say. a huge congregation, man? What if it's a huge congregation of like 1,000, 6,000 people? So Only so many people can actually be in the church. Well, here's the thing. They can sit in their car mm-hmm. and, and listen to the service. They can do the Zoom, what they that, what they normally have been doing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, here's, here's the quandary with that. The white people can do it. 
So white people been going they to church. Access, <laughs> they been going to church, and then, you know, so the black people are like, man, we want to go to church. Who goes to church? The average person that goes to church uh, all the time is generally over thirty-five and over. Okay, I know this for a statistical fact. Okay. study theology. So the thing is, when you look at our people, they probably most of them, a lot of them, the older folks don't have Zoom and all of that, and they're not technologically savvy. Savvy, uh, you know. White people do generally have that. They have people who can show them, you know, so that might be part of the problem, too, because I have been seeing pastors on Facebook on Sunday mornings. They've been doing this service and stuff, and they might have five people <laughs> watching them. Right, right, right. You know, but I think that has a lot to do with it, too. It's the technology uh, that's available to them, and I think uh, Congressman Davis is doing some things for that, but that's something we can talk later about. We can talk later about it. All right, because we said we weren't going to talk about it, but guess what we we're going to talk about it. Guess what we're doing, Sandy? We're going talking back about on the it. subject. We said we weren't going to talk inevitable. about it, but we're talking about it, right? But but going so back what, on what the subject. So what do you say, though? What do you say? What's your position on this, Will? Uh, I, I'm just going to keep it real with you, Willie. I wouldn't do it. Don't even get involved in that, man. Don't. I'm sorry. Because now it's like Willie going against Lori, and you know he's been complaining think, that she ain't been giving him no love and all that. I don't think. Like, it just makes it bad. It might. It just looks ugly. The optics look ugly. Let's let's look. Let's just be civil about this. Let's be safe because from what I heard earlier, the numbers have went up. Okay. As far as COVID. Yeah. Yesterday so was the highest number. We, but but we, the more testing goes up, the more people you're going to find who has who has the COVID. Right, true. And then by definition, the way that CDC has explained it, you know, a lot of deaths are attributed to COVID because if you did die from pneumonia and you right. had COVID, they're marking down COVID because it's a big money maker too. The, the insurance companies are paying more money, yeah. but you know, so it's it, you know, it's it's just all like a lot this. Of variables, folks. Too. You can't see my fingers unless you're checking out the Kendall Moore show. <laughs> right. Of course, we stream live on Facebook, but you you know, I say don't do more it, tests, man. more people are going to come back positive. Don't I get that, but you're saying don't do it. Don't do it because look, three weeks ago we had that big party. It was on Facebook and got all those people, and now we're testing higher now. So. I think there's a correlation to that. Who knows where those, Latinos those are young people too. live? Exactly. Who knows where those people lived and where they went and where they took it if somebody got it? Netta, were you, are you in? People go to church? I'm just wondering, what are you trying to prove? What is the importance of actually going into the building to have church? Some if people, the importance is giving right. the message, you can do that online. But why do you have to go to the building to have service? So you say no. I say stay home. Sandy, where you at with it? Listen, it is a hard no for me. And I'm just curious, when did we, we as in black people, when did we stop believing that fat meat is greasy? We already know that we are the ones who are dying. Mm -hmm. So why do we even want to play this game about open the church, don't open the church? We already know it's not a good idea for us to congregate, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't congregate as a congregation. Don't do it. Don't even, this shouldn't even be a topic for discussion. So mm-hmm. it, it's a hard no for me. All right. Well, there you go. So I, what did I say? You said don't do it. Will okay. It? I said, you okay. Said, I just didn't remember. Stay your ass at home. Stay your ass at home. I said, stay your ass at home. I said, don't do it. Will, you don't get involved. Netta, you said? No go. No go. And said? No go. Fat meat is greasy. Don't do it. All right. So the Kendall Moore show, we are all agreeing on something finally yeah. uh, but yeah. we are all saying stay robin what are you saying you still here give me what what stay, stay home. home stay home mm-hmm. stay home look at v-o-n strong v-o-n strong all right y'all stay home stay home let's go to rose real quick rose how you doing you got uh 30 seconds go ahead 
you know I'm with the whole VON crew. Stay at home. This is angering me so much until it don't make sense. These are people who say they believe in God. If you believe in God the way you think you believe in God opposing you going out killing yourself, you can stay at home and pray to God. You don't be you don't have to be in the church. You can be in the bathroom sitting on the toilet stool mm. praying and talking to God. It's, it's unbelievable. Put the political stuff to the side. You getting ready to put some folks into their graves. Don't get that angry about that. Separate this from the people. Because like she said, most people there are going to be over 35. Yes, they are. And by this time next Sunday, half of them will be dead. <laughs> Rose, thank you so very yeah. much. We appreciate it. When we re- hey, when we, return, uh, when we return, folks, I do, I want to take you guys out to a couple of national uh, news uh, stories that are percolating and streaming uh, about black people and COVID and the dangers that we are facing outside of uh, people telling black people to go to church too. All right, make sure that you hit the phone line five nine one sixteen ninety. That is the number to connect. And when we return, we get into that conversation. I'm Kendall. Let's get it. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the next generation. One sixteen ninety. That is the number to connect to the show. It's Kendall Moore. Of course, make sure you uh, hit me up. Listen, I always check the Facebook page as we stream live at the Kendall Moore Show. It's very simple. Go to the Kendall Moore Show on Facebook. You'll see what we're doing live and in living color at the Kendall Moore Show on Facebook Live. All right. You can also follow us on Instagram as well as on Twitter. And then, you know, we have a new uh, toy that we'll be uh, uh, deploying next, well, beginning of June. We didn't do it this show, um, but uh, WVON has certainly upgraded. We'll be uh, doing Zooming, and you'll, you'll see all of the, uh, you know, really fun things that we're doing here at the show. All right, in the meantime, let's get back to uh, at least this half hour's topic. A lot of black people are being violated uh, and killed. Now, I, I'd start... Very simply with that, because it's nothing new, and I get it, and I understand it. I listen to talk radio, I I watch the news, I read newspapers, and it's just certain uh, publications and uh, social media presences that I really follow and pay attention to. When you are, you know, here in the city of Chicago, it's only a few that you really can count on truly to tell our story, and certainly WVON is one. Having said that, There are three stories that really struck me this past week, the first of which is about 15 people, uh, some who were armed, 
they approached this young black teenager uh, at his home. Now, I know it may have been talked about here at WVON, but I want to bring it up during a Friday night show for those who may have missed it. In North Carolina, a sheriff's deputy, he's out of a job now because he's facing charges after about him and 15 other people harassed a black teenager that they mistakenly believe was involved in a girl's disappearance. Jordan Keita is what the dude's name is. He's charged with forcible trespass, breaking and entering and willful failure uh, to discharge, uh, you know, to discharge his duties. Hmm. Now, I'm going to stop there. I don't want to uh, get too much into that story because I, because I have two other stories that I'm going to be talking about. But I want to start start there with that story. It reminded me, Netta, of a uh, uh, average. Uh, do you do uh, the old movies that I used to the mo- the movies that I look at that were made from back in the day. When they walked into people's homes, when I say they, lynch mobs, mm-hmm. white lynch mobs, let me be even more specific, pulled people out of their homes mm-hmm. and hung them up and strung them. If this isn't or very similar to a modern day mob coming to someone's home, and we are living in the age 2020. Mm-hmm. 2020, and we still have these type of activities taking place in this new millennium. Mm -hmm. And a half of the people didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. It comes out, what, two months later, three months later? Mm -hmm. I mean, albeit it has come out, but it took some time for it to come out. But these things are happening to our people on a consistent basis, day in and day out. That's story number one. Story number two. Stay with me, folks out there in Radio Land. I don't know if you guys heard about this one. A black delivery driver was blocked into his Oklahoma neighborhood by the homeowner association presidents. So there's a viral video that shows a delivery driver being held against his will in an Oklahoma City area neighborhood. He was blocked by a man who identified himself as the homeowner association president. Travis Miller, who's a home appliance and furniture delivery driver, he captured it live on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. The brother who got caught up, David Stewart. So my name is David Stewart, the man blocking him said. So I'm sorry, I, I stand corrected. Is asking this brother, like, why are you here? So we have, we're, first of all, we're living in COVID-19. We're at state, we're at stay at home. Amazon Prime, Walmart, and anybody else are making a killing right now. Side note real quick. We're in a depression, folks. Mm-hmm. We are in a depression. There are no jobs out there right now. So Amazon, Walmart, anybody who has delivery service, uh, that's a whole nother topic. He gets blocked in. The guys just so happen to be white boys. Mm. They block him in. They block him in because he's doing his job delivering goods and services to the people who are trying to be law-abiding citizens by staying in ho- at home mm-hmm. when it comes to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Y'all looking at me like, Kendall, where you going with this? I told y'all, just give me this half an hour because I got to get this off of my chest. That's story number two. Story number three. And this one touches me the most. 
the black woman in Kentucky who was shot to death in her home, mm-hmm. in her home, Brianna Taylor, 26 years old, an aspiring nurse, was shot to death by police inside her own apartment. They filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the Kentucky, the Louisville Metro Police Department. <coughs> the lawsuit details how police shot Taylor at least not one, not three, not six, but eight times after they burst into her apartment unannounced, only to find out they were at the wrong place. Uh-huh. Take those three stories right there. And people who are listening to this program on iHeartRadio, I hope you and I hope you hear me well. It does not sit well with me, and it should not sit well with anybody out there that is listening to this program. Everybody in their mama who calls in to these shows and want to pontificate and act like they the smartest ninja in the world, everybody who calls into these shows and want to tell you who's doing wrong and who's doing what, everybody who calls into these shows and act like they the, 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 the best thing since sliced bread, oh, my God. We still have not been able to come up with a simple answer in protecting black lives. If you have the answer, please call me. If anybody or your mom or your grandmama, anybody, if anybody can please call me and help me better understand why we are in 2020. And I just gave you three stories that are happening. What about all of the other stories? We I didn't even mention uh, the, the the jogger that everybody's jogging about. Yeah, yeah. my Arbery. We're not even talking about him. Mm-hmm. And before we get off of the end, before we get through the weekend, it's going to be some other black people, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, I hope not. But no, the the reality of it not. is, well, and it's been that way. Yeah. Before Emmett Till. Yeah. I have to bring it up. I have to bring it up. These things are happening during. This quarantine. Hmm. Well, here's the thing with that. The, the uh, um, Ahmaud Arbery and what was the, uh, the other? Ahmaud Arbery, that happened in, in early March. And it was another situation you just spoke about. That happened. The Kentucky with the young the, lady? Yeah. Or, or the Oklahoma the o- Oklahoma story? No, I think it was Kentucky with, with Brianna. Okay. These happened like two months, two and a half months ago, and now it was just not coming out. And, you know, I think about it, and I say to myself, the local media, to me, might have suppressed it for the simple fact. And I'm going to just say, it's, it's an election year. Joe Biden took the South, you know, uh, around that time, around April, when we had the, the primaries. He took the, He took the South. He took all the Southern states. And, you know, he might have... They might have suppressed those stories to not have a, a black surge in voting. You know, that's just one of my theories. Because why would you? That that was these. This happened like two months ago, almost two months ago. Now we're hearing about these stories. See what I'm saying? So it's kind of odd to me. It's kind of odd to me. Five nine girl, one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sixteen ninety. That is the number to connect. Let me let me get, yeah. let me folks. Let me hear from you. Let me get your thoughts yeah. on it. Now, the way you at with this? 
I I think that a lot of times with the media, they make headlines viral. So because COVID was so viral, mm-hmm. these stories didn't get the attention that they deserve. So now it got to a point where you couldn't suppress it anymore because too many people knew about it. But why does it have to get to a point where you can't hold it in before right. we get the attention that we deserve when these things are happening to us? That should have been front page news when it happened. Yeah. Not just because COVID was already viral and you didn't want to distract from the viral headlines. These people's lives are lost, or at least Brianna's. Her, lives, her life is gone. Yeah. But we couldn't get her any attention because it wasn't the appropriate viral headline at the time. And like you said, it might have had something to do it with the election. Have. I'm, just, I'm not saying for sure, but I think uh, Sandy, Sandria has some, some information. But what's up, Sandy? So to that point about uh, Biden and about these stories being almost like a form of uh, covert voter suppression, in a sense. So we know that black women, we determine votes we're the ones who show up we show out in droves when white women aren't showing up we're showing up we're getting people into office so seeing as how black people tend to vote democratic we can't just hand biden our vote like you need to show and prove you need to put in work for it so yesterday in the washington post there was an op-ed uh published by angela rye amanda seals and four other uh black female thought leaders. And basically their op-ed was saying, Joe Biden, these are three things that we need from you. We need to make sure that we have a black woman as vice president. We need to make sure that America has a black female Supreme Court justice. And then they're also calling for a comprehensive black agenda. So can we as a people get on one accord so that our president and whomever is in office can really truly serve our needs? So I think to Will's point, um, we have to also look at this from a political standpoint, a voter standpoint, and saying this is what we need, especially as black women, because it's our voice. It's our feet, feet standing in line at the voting booths that are really going to make a sway in, in what the outcome is. So we just have to think strategically and be mindful and ask for what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, this happened. It did happen back in March. All happened right. in March and one happened in April. So by that time, Joe Biden had took the southern states. All right, folks, uh, you know, here's the thing. Eddie, we're about to come to you in just a second. I think I'm taking a break right now. I ain't been here in a while. I'm at, I'm at the 50? Okay, all right. <laughs> I got to take a break. And then when we return, I'm going directly to the phone lines. Eddie, I'm coming to you. Carl, you got re- next right after that. It's the Kendall Moore Show. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation.
All right, 54 minutes after the hour. Welcome back, everybody. We'll find out 11690. That is the number to connect. Let's go ahead. Let's get this started. Let's go to Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, bro? How you feel? Oh, with my hands, bro. Peace and blessings to you. I love it, love it. Hey, man, I'm going to be straight up with you. The problem is, in this post-civil rights movement era, too many of us black folks are too comfortable with what little of this American pie we all have. And unfortunately, it, 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 our fight, our, our fight, we have lost our sense of fight. And I'm going to give you some examples. Now, I'm not a Republican. I'm going to put that out there first because where I'm going with this. I voted for President Obama two terms. Both terms I voted for Obama. But here's where, here's, for me, here's, the, one of the, here's where it started. When he, Henry Louis Gates, his homie, Basically, had almost the same thing happen to him. He was going in his house to police. I remember that. Him. I remember that. And what did the president do? He invited that racist cop to the White House for and a had beer. a beer summit. Yeah, with him. yeah, beer summit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a bad How message. How stupid was that? That that you know. That, it, mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Then, wait, hold on. Now we got this. Get the brother in Georgia, right? He got shot jogging. Everybody's saying that he the he the new Trayvon Martin. But guess what happened? The first black attorney general under and the first black president didn't charge George Zimmerman with a hate crime. Nope. Okay, I, okay, I understand that the racist uh, uh, prosecutors in Florida and the judge gonna let him go, but why wasn't he charged with? A, he should have went to prison for a hate crime because mm. they told him not to pursue. The police told him do not pursue do him, not pursue. and yeah. he did it anyway. And you know, and not- he said on tape. They get away with it all the time. And, and, you remember and, that? And that's why they saying uh, these two down there, um, you know, did the same thing, talking about they were doing community policing. Mm-hmm. Now, Ed, but, stay with me, Eddie. Yeah. Ed, Eddie, I'm, I'm going to let you back in. And now, okay, I don't good, know if you heard about old boy in Oklahoma. We were just talking about him. You got the two white boys. I mean, you got them pulling up, blocking this this driver in. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they trying to protect their homeowners association property in the name of community policing. Go ahead, cause I, I go right. ahead, man. I ain't gonna take your thunder, but go ahead. No, man. no, no, no. It's not thunder, man. We we sharing the truth. That's all. Yeah, so, man. Okay. So feel, but I feel you on that. Like, I, but yeah. How many times we gonna let that happen? And every but time, see, the we, problem though, dog. Yeah. Anybody who talks like this, black people say you are Uncle Tom because you're not blindingly celebrating the first black president. Oh man. My problem is, man. We keep, and then we don't have black politicians holding. The government's feet to the fire on the behalf of black people, man. That's the problem. Now, look what we're doing. Look what we, look what we as voters are doing. We was about to put Hillary Clinton in office, and her husband had a no-crime bill. We got most of our kids locked up. Yes. Yes. We, Talk about that. Yeah. Say that. Hey, Say that. Check it out. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. Didn't and- ask her. We didn't, nobody demanded that she it says exactly what she's going to do for black people before we give our vote. We give our vote. Now, the man that authored... The no crime bill. We voting for him, Joe Biden. Yep, yep. Eddie, I gotta let you go, man. Eddie, it's us, man. We're right. doing it to ourselves. Man, appreciate you, man. I gotta let you go. I appreciate that. All right, let's go to uh, Carl. Carl, how you doing? Thirty seconds, Carl. Thank you. Um, great show as usual. You bringing it? I just want to tell you, you got best show uh, on this side of Chicago. Thank you, sir. Um, okay, so let me let me just get real to the point. Number one, um, it's never gonna stop. As long as white supremacy exists, we're, we're dealing with the fruits of a rotten tree. The tree is rotten. Mm. It's been rotten for centuries, and we've never chopped down the tree. 
So as long as this tree exists, it'll keep bearing strange fruit. And, and, and we will be the victims of, of that globally. It's not just here in the United States. We're, we're, we are victims from... Carl, 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 can I say this? Because you, you just, you know what came to my mind when you just said that globally? Carl, I, I'm not, I'm, I promise you, I, people who listen to the show, I, I'm not racist. I promise you, I, I'm a realist. Carl, the Middle Easterners disrespect us even more now, man. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you Absolutely. Man, Carl, when you said that, that thought came to my head because I just had an incident today. I'm not even talking about Latinos. I'm talking about Middle Easterners. I'm talking about those from, like, who run these little uh, 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 corner stores and mm-hmm. these uh, Dunkin' Donuts and, you know what I'm saying, these yeah, liquor stores. And, everyone, yeah. man. everyone is operating off the playbook of white supremacy. Man. If you want to get ahead, you learn English. If you want to get ahead from there, you come to the United States. If you want to get here, you adopt, you assimilate. And what do you assimilate? White supremacy. Mm. And, and so you can't eliminate black violence against us unless you eliminate the, the tree, period. And, and so all these fatal attempts over the decades of passing legislation or putting figureheads and putting a, you can put a black president, you can put a female vice, a vice president, you can put a black attorney, you can make the whole cabinet black. And it would make a difference. Look at the state of Illinois. We got more black politicians in Chicago, in Springfield, Cook County, and black. It ain't a damn, ain't a damn thing been done. Hey, Carl, I gotta let you go, man. We up against the clock, man. We'll take the calls on the other side. It's the Kendall Moore Show. You're listening to Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 AM, WVON. <laughs> Show on WBON 1690 AM, Talking Chicago, the voice of the nation. I and Westside Will sitting in for Mr. Kendall Moore, who currently stepped away. So sit back, relax, put your mind at ease. Westside Will's on top to take you to the next stop in the second <laughs> hour. The second bars. hour of he the Kendall bars, Moore yes. Show. That's right. That's right. And we're going to take some calls before we go into the next topic of the hour. So we have a Jay on the line. What's up, Jay? Hey, what's up? Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just want to say, whenever people mention uh, that bill that um, uh, Bill Clinton signed in 1994, mm-hmm. that crime bill, he did that because black politicians pushed him to do it. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's disingenuous when black people talk about that, but they never mentioned that black people pushed him to do it. You know, 
And on top of that, it seems to me that you, you got to have a little bit of self-hate to not be concerned about somebody getting put in jail for a long time, losing a job, house, kids, cars, everything you got, you know, and, you, and not think about the effect that that would have. Whenever white people do something screwed up, they are very gentle with how they deal with each other. Mm-hmm. You can go out and kill 10 black people, nine black people in the church, and they'll take you to get a sandwich before they take you to jail. Thank you for that call, Jay. You need Jay. to cut some of that stuff out. All, All right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Thank I you agree. for that commentary, Jay. Uh, I totally understand where you're coming from because I do have family members myself who suffer from that bill. I remember at the time when all of that was happening um, uh, some years ago and, and why they did it. Because I just remember young young people were killing each other for Jordans and starter jackets. Mm. And, and the drug epidemic has started to truly affect our community to just the worst point, crackheads and, you know, excuse me, I probably shouldn't say it like that. So I do remember that time. And nobody had the foresight or maybe even the the wisdom to realize that down the line this would hurt us tremendously, mm-hmm. and it has. And Bill Clinton has admitted that, yeah, it was the worst thing he could have ever did. So uh, he didn't do it alone. It was quite a few people who are still in office today. They went along with it. So I have to agree with you. Uh, we have another caller on, uh, on the line. We have uh, Ron. Hey, Ron, what's happening? Ron? Hey, hey, look, oh. can you, yeah. Hey, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Yep, I yep, can hear you. Can hear yeah. yeah, before you went to the break, you had a couple of calls who uh, I, I want to totally agree with. You Before that, you had a call who said, well, we need to have a black female vice president. But, but what is that going to mean? Right. Does, you, does, does, does that person bring a black agenda? And I will just say this real quickly. Look at the status of Illinois. Lieutenant Governor, the whole Mayor Wilder thing, how that went, you had a black woman, I think, involved with that. But black folks get nothing. County Board President, black female, maids, ass of the day. What about black contracts for black folks? Mm-hmm. You said, I need to get back with you. I mean, so to tell you the truth, going from black females to uh, from black males means nothing. Okay. Uh, if you don't, if they're not committed to black folks, it means nothing. So I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not caught up in this. Let's get a black female. We need a black agenda. Thank you. All right. Hey, thank you, Ron. I appreciate that commentary, and I do agree. And for all of you uh, candidates for vice president who may be listening, friends of the candidates who know them, yeah, they need to have a black agenda. They need to consider that. Uh, before they get chosen to to run with uh, Biden, they yeah. they have to bring it to us. We yeah. we should know about that. And just to interject, so that comment about having the black female vice president that was coming from the op-ed that just released yesterday in the Washington Post. So if you if you find that article, we might post it on the page, or you can just Google it. Um, but that's where they outline the three points, which one of them is having a black agenda. But then also they outline why they suggest having a uh, black female vice president. Now, I think uh, Stacy, Stacy, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but she's campaigning very hard for that from mm. Georgia. So let's see what happens. Hopefully she's listening. Hopefully she's thinking about, yeah, what can I do for black people mm-hmm. in particular, since we've the ones that really have suffered in the last 10 years and I'm just in longer. I'm going to keep it real with you. We have another caller on the line as well. We got Chris from Oak Park. What's up, Chris? 
Hey, how y'all doing? Hope, do, hope y'all doing good, hope man. West side, okay. West side. <laughs> doing this uh, COVID, COVID, COVID nineteen situation, you. but every every day for Black people is COVID. It, okay. So, I I wanted to just lend some insight, you know, uh, condolences in those cases where the young sister in Kentucky was a first responder. Mm-hmm. They, their their narrative is changing. Um, so they the person they were looking for was already in custody, mm-hmm. and they say they say that they had a, a warrant. They had no warrant, and it didn't announce itself. And under the the homestead, you can protect yourself. And the guy was a uh, a legal gun carrier. Mm-hmm. Then I found out I found out that the cop, uh, the you know the clan member who shot uh, the the jogger, yeah, he but, wasn't the he, big Michael. He didn't, he hasn't had police credentials since 2006, mm. and the district attorney who he worked under was covering for him, so y'all looked that out. Yep. And then the brother who was delivering stuff, the homeowner had to come out and tell the HOA he was delivering appliance to her. Mm. But I, I had a similar situation in Elmhurst where I was inspecting a customer's car in an accident, and I had to slide under the car to look at damage, and a homeowner came uh, a, a neighbor came out with a camera. Hmm. Oh, what are you? What are you doing? I want to keep my neighbors, my neighborhood safe. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, sir, please back up. And I said, what actions am I doing to make the neighborhood unsafe? Mm-hmm. And then this his racist nature. And I said, what did I do? I mean, you know, what did I do to make it less safe? So, Chris, was and this I, just he, recently? Was this recently? This, this, this was a couple years ago. Couple, okay. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, th- thanks yeah. for that call. Oh. So, I uh, I I have had a situation like that as well. Uh, sitting in my car, just sitting in my just car outside there. of my job, mm-hmm. and I had a young lady. She came out of an apartment building, and she had had a camera on her phone. And would you believe she walked right up to my car, put the camera in my face, and walked away. And mm. I was sitting in my car, like everybody else was sitting in the car outside of my job. So, hmm. yeah, and this is last year. So, But they're so bold because they want you to know. Like, they want you to be aware. Like, you know what? I am filming you. I am I am invading your personal space right now. Yeah, but it's it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. They want you to be aware that they are doing too much. Yeah. Exactly. That's what they want. Yep, yep. So, switching the page. It's a similar page, though. A, yeah, a similar page. This is National... Police, police officers week, week? police mm-hmm. week police officers week and it goes until from when it goes from may 10th to the 16th, to the 16th. So, so we're we're at the tail end okay of it. great great so we're, we're basically gonna stop talking about the negativity of officers somewhat and we're going to talk about what makes a good police officer what are people looking for we, we know we just recently had a new police chief uh mr brown he's joined he joined us um a couple of week, couple of weeks ago, and you know w- what technically makes a good police officer? Because right now we're talking about the McMichaels gentleman. He's mm-hmm. a former police officer, and the gentleman and Chris just said he didn't hadn't had any credentials, or was that Ron since two thousand and six? You know, when do you stop being able to use your police powers? Or and that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> such a layered yeah. conversation because yeah. of course you know there are good police officers there are people who want to uphold the law Mm -hmm. and actually protect citizens and protect the community but we can't get around the fact that there are 
rogue cops Mm -hmm. and even the good cops are working inside of a broken system right um and, and we're not just talking about chicago but overall like you you're a good cop trying to work in this dysfunctional system and there are gonna be people who set this culture where it's not even you know how do we serve the people or how do we as black officers serve our people serve black people but the code of conduct is blue first Mm -hmm. like you're supposed to your loyalty is supposed to be to the academy to the force to the police Mm -hmm. so just trying to work within a culture like that and it would drive me crazy i would love if we have some police officers who can call call in and comment because Mm -hmm. how do you work in a culture like that where it's blue first not people first it's blue first and you see in just things happening on a regular basis yeah and you can be incognito you don't have to give us your name or the district you work out of but if you are a police officer current police officer a former police officer we basically want to know how do you function in an institution like that when you know it's 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 designed to go against you somewhat i mean it's kind of like the slave catchers back Mm -hmm. in the day right i know they they compare police to slave catchers that's what they said they used to do but they always had slaves that helped them too you know, and, and I'm not saying they're slaves, if you're black or whatever. I'm not saying you're slaves. But I'm more, how do you deal in a culture like that? Especially when you're hearing stories like the ones we just brought up in the first hour. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is what you're seeing on a regular basis. And I want to be clear that this, of course, you know, we see white police officers who are not only abusing citizens of color, but they're also abusing their fellow mm-hmm. police officers of color. But then you can also have police officers of color also abusing the people that they're supposed to protect. Right. So, again, it just goes back to this culture and how, if you are working as a police officer, how do you deal with that? How do you manage that? Can you change the system? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was an article that came out a few years ago on The Vox. It was an online article on The Vox, and it's it's called I'm a Black Ex-Cop, and this is the real truth about race and policing. And basically they were talking about what percentage of the cops are good. They were saying all cops, are most of them start out good. They say 15% of the officers will do the right thing no matter what is happening, and the other 15% of officers will abuse their authority at every opportunity. And then they said the remaining 70% of the officers, they're a, a toss-up. And basically what they said was it basically, it depends on who you put that other police officer with. So I'm thinking, like, if you're a rookie mm-hmm. and you get put with a more seasoned officer, how your whole attitude is, because it's about training, right? Yep. This officer is going to train you. But if that officer doesn't necessarily have a sparkling record, you know what I mean? Or a record nobody knows about. Are you going to really get the sufficient training, the right training? Are you going to really approach situations the correct way? You know, because I know policing is a hard job. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat this. I have friends who are police officers. I have some family members who work in law enforcement. It's not an easy job. But still, some things they won't talk to me about. Some, sometimes they have told me a few things. They said they've walked up on situations with other police officers that were not necessarily black, mm-hmm. and they were doing something to, to somebody else, and they, and they would look at him like, uh, 
they would look at him like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I kind of wonder about that. But, but not it, to just poli- not to pick on the police not officers to pick on because the police. that's in any industry. The, Depending on who trains you and what the culture right. is, what the culture right. of you're that going company to is. more than yep. likely assimilate as opposed to standing your ground. So okay, all right. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, right back, we'll finish this discussion on WVON, the Talk of Chicago, the Kendall Moore Show. It's WVON's original Friday night show, Kendall Moore. He'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Kendall Moore Show on WBON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago, the voice of the nation. I'm Westside Will, sitting in for Mr. Kendall Moore currently. Um, if you uh, if you want to call in and talk to us, we have a new number, or is this the old number? <laughs> the old is now new. The old is now new. <laughs> 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. Give us a call. Tell us what you think. Tell us your opinion. We want to hear what you, you know what you think about this subject. Uh, so, yeah, so we were talking about. Yeah, something to throw out there, just whether you are in law enforcement, so if you are working as a police officer or if you are a civilian, a citizen just like us, do you feel protected by the police? Do you actually feel protected by mm. them? Um, and I think it's interesting because even when I think about myself, if I see police, like if I'm in the car with somebody or, you know, maybe we're out at a crowded event, I feel that anxiety. And I know I've done nothing wrong. <laughs> I know, you know, we haven't, you know, broken any laws. I'm not wanted. I don't have any warrants. But I still feel that anxiety. And that's just crazy to me. How can I, as, you know, just a, a regular person going about my day, not guilty of anything, but still feel that anxiety so strong. And I think that's common for a lot of people, especially if you are driving while black, whether you're male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are just instinctively, we've internalized it so much because we see all the things that are happening. We know all the stories of people who have been killed while they're pulled over or um shot in their homes like we we've internalized it so it's like i want to feel safe i want to believe that i'm being protected but instinctively i i feel that anxiety i feel i feel a a certain amount of fear Mm -hmm. against the police sandy is on the land I'm on the land. No. <laughs> That's what it really no, is. No, I don't. So y'all don't feel that? Oh, absolutely. Paper. I actually read a long time ago that the red, white, and blue lights are supposed to signify freedom. And there we is don't nothing feel about that at all. No. I never. For the, for they don't even have to be flashing. It's like when you it's see so it in your anxiety. rear view. Right. Am I speeding? Is my seatbelt on? What Am I doing anything it, wrong? Right. And it goes back to high school for me. I remember having a boyfriend in high school. He had just gotten his first car, and he would get, I mean, he couldn't even leave from in front of his house without getting pulled over. That's what it felt like. Like, every time we were in the car, he would mm. always get stopped. And I just remember 
the look on his face, the look in his eyes, like it was mm-hmm. it was fear mixed mm-hmm. with frustration and defeat because, you know, why am I getting pulled over again? Right. And just seeing this right. mix of emotions like that still has stuck with me, you know, some 20 plus years later. You know, what's interesting to me about that? Is the fact that the people who shouldn't be calling the police are actually empowered by the police. Yeah. And then the ones who aren't doing anything wrong, like you or me, who just driving the speed limit. Yeah. We're yeah. we're nervous about it. So when you have Susan at the store, oh I'm calling nine one one. But this is And they don't even think twice about it. Exactly. Yes. People like the delivery driver. Why did the HOA president feel so comfortable mm-hmm. doing something illegal? You don't have mm-hmm. the right to block me in. Yeah. But he's empowered, and he felt like he could do that. And then he called the police to help him out. We don't feel empowered. When, when yeah. the delivery driver should have been the one calling the police like, hey, they're holding me against my but will. But he worked for a FedEx or somebody, didn't mm-hmm. he? And, and I don't understand that. They didn't see the FedEx truck. Well, and that because I watched the video today, and I saw he had on a uniform. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he wasn't, and not to say that it makes a difference, difference but you know he didn't just have on a civilian a hoodie or whatever like no this man is wearing a uniform and if you were looking and watching so hard you probably saw him Mm -hmm. (laughs) deliver some type of package because they call him leaving yeah so you you saw you saw this exchange so but i think it goes back to netta's point of there's a group of society that feels very empowered they do feel protected by Mm -hmm. the police so it's not a thing for them to call and ask for help or believe that help is going to come for them they they feel completely empowered by it and i don't think that's the case for us but see i also think it goes a little bit deeper than that it goes to the to the stereotype it plays to the stereotype of how those individuals some individuals might feel about black people this man has a fedex truck in a, in a uniform, and there's no way that he can truly. There might be the possibility that he was he managed to get that truck and get that uniform. He, right, you know so what he can, And then no, they think some people think they, like that. Think and I'm like trying that. to. You it's know, just like if you're wearing a, look. That's a possibility. You wearing a suit and you go in for a job, or you you know what I'm saying. You might have a corporate job. Some people might not believe that. That is very and true. And unfortunately, it's still like that. They say, "Are you really a lawyer?" Are you really uh, a finance director? Are you? No, that's you know, they very try to, true. That's they true. Try, it's the stereotype you, that you are so slick mm-hmm. and and so conniving. It's a stereotype that black people are so slick and so conniving that you gotta watch them because they know how to get they know how to get through the fence. But truth be told, fence. let's let's tell the truth though. <laughs> when you're talking about those white collar crimes, that is not the black people. I was just people. about right, to say. Right. So you That's had the recently, big money crime. Yeah, you had right. the reality star that just got arrested for bank fraud because right. he took mm-hmm. the right. and he relief known money. They was watching yep. him. Well, yes, they sh- he should have known that they were watching him and he shouldn't have done it. But why is this so grandiose that the black guy did it when this is what they do? Yeah. These white like, colors, that is what they do. That, yeah. So how about the the Ruth Chris or the big companies that got this money, quote unquote, legally? Yeah. It's a it's a legal hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then as soon as you put a black face on it, now it's a problem. Yeah. 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 It's like it's like they we are committed to doing petty crimes and then they do the grand Delios crimes. The crimes there's just like I walk away with I embezzle a million dollars, I put it in the Caymans and you never know it's there. Never know it's there. You know what I'm saying? Maybe washing so, some money. Yeah, right. but I I think that is ridiculous. And like I said, I've had those experiences too where people for some reason just didn't believe I was who I was. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, Yeah, you know. 
and uh, they ask you all these questions. They want to ask you, well, how did you get here and what did you do and how did you get that? Who do you yeah, know? Yeah. Right. You from around here? But what floor do you work on again? And why do I need to tell you that? Right. But it goes, like I said, it goes a lot to just stereotyping. You know, that's how some people, and I'm not saying all, but that's how some people actually okay. envision us. Because we gotta, we gotta be honest with ourselves. You know, and and, and that's really what's happening. On and also with this COVID nineteen nineteen thing happening the way it's happening, people are getting a little bit. And this is why I said a few weeks ago, I kept saying it that we have to be cautious of how we treat each other and everything. This is why, because in the back of my head, I thought something like this was going to happen, that something would begin to flare up, because people begin to panic under situations like this. I remember 9-11 and how people, you know, if you are an Arab American Mm -hmm. or something like that, hey, they were looking at you like, were you a terrorist? You know, now it's the Chinese. You know, yeah. but here's the thing. I'm a black man. It's I've been every going day. through this all exactly. my life. Every That's day. my, right. you know. Yes, it's and, and COVID or no COVID. Yeah, I'm like, look, I, I go through this all the time. I go through it, you know, all the time. So it's like when 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 people see that, I understand totally where they're coming from. You know, so they, even, and I know, like, we didn't get deep into it last week, but just you as a black man trying to maneuver through this world just feeling like do you have to um shape shift what you do how you speak how you move I'm how you right now how you interact <laughs> how yeah, you because we know west side don't know how to play right it. how you get on an elevator if you see you know two That's white right. women in the elevator oh, like yeah. just going through because we all have had experiences where we have to code switch yes. and you know switch it up a little bit whatever we we understand what that means and, and we do it but right. just as a black man um yeah. it's another level of code switching yeah. and just how do you deal with that okay so we're going to take another break and we'll be right back folks on the Kendall Moore show and we'll finish up this discussion tune in Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the next generation. Coming straight from the underground. A young got it bad because I'm brown. And not the other color, so police think they have the authority to kill a minority. That's because I ain't the one for a punk with a badge and a gun to be beaten on. And thrown in jail, we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell. Is selling narcotics. You rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo. Be the police out of shape, and when I finish, bring the yellow tape. The tape off Welcome the back to the Kendall Moore Show on WBON 1690 AM, Talking Chicago, the voice of the nation. I'm Westside Will, sitting in the, at the moment for Mr. Kendall Moore. Um, here's the thing uh, earlier off. Off of the radio, Sandria and I were talking, and she mentioned John Burge. Now, for all of you out there who might be familiar with John Burge, or might not be familiar with John Burge, you know that he was actually a former police sergeant or commander. Captain. He was a commander, yeah. and he was known for torturing uh, numerous black men mm-hmm. uh, into almost confessions. Almost like 20 years, yeah. Yes, into confessions that they did not, uh, for things they did not do. Um, so, in Sandria mentioning that to me, um, one thing I didn't tell her is I met John Birch. Mm. I met John Birch some years ago. I was a twenty, I was twenty two, twenty three years old. 
And for what I understand, John Burge murdered a young man in my best friend's backyard, his mother's backyard. So here's the story, everybody. And let me tell you the story. John, uh, me and my buddy Darren, he's one of my best friends, Darren Jones. Shout out to Darren Jones. And you remember this if you're watching this, Darren. We, if you're listening, I mean, we were in your mom's house over on Gladys off Pulaski. And we were watching DePaul basketball because, you know, I went to DePaul. Mm -hmm. You know, he went to DePaul. And we were watching the greats at that time, you know, uh, Dallas Comedies, Ross Strickland. And I remember hearing two gunshots, mm. maybe three. I, I know I heard a lot of gunshots where Darren mom yelled, hit the floor. Everybody jumped jump to the floor, go to the floor. So me and him, we hit the floor, and I think she hit the floor, and we were down on the floor for about 10 minutes. We just heard a lot of gunshots, mm. okay? So next thing we know, somebody's beating at the back door real hard. Boom, 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 boom. And... His mom got up nervous and started to head to the back door, and me and Darren went to the back door with her. We opened up the back door. She opened up the back door, and in comes this big man, white hair, red, <laughs> red like he was on fire. He mm -hmm. barged in once she opened up the door. And he asked her, the first thing he asked her was, did you see anything? And mm -hmm. she was like, what? She said, he said, true story, everybody, I'm telling you the truth. Did did you see anything? And she was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, such and such. So they kind of got into a mini argument, and it ensued for quite a while. And then, anyway, he just ignored her, and he said, don't worry about it. Here's the thing. He shot a young boy in the back in his mother's, uh, in his mother's yard, and his body laid out there for uh, quite a few hours while they were back there uh, they were back there doing uh, whatever, the investigation. He, he shot a young man in the back. Mm. His hat flew. He shot him. His hat flew up on the porch. It stayed there on the porch for a week until my buddy Darren decided, man, I need to go get that porch, get, go to the back of the porch and take the hat off the porch. His mom would not even go out in the backyard mm. after they had retrieved her body. A um, couple of years later, I am at a function at Malcolm X College because uh, – yeah, I, I, I went there for a while, and lo and behold, they had just started the investigation on John Birch, mm -hmm. and they had a board up of all the people that he had assaulted and murdered. And right there in the middle of the board was the young man laying down on his stomach, head up, eyes open. Mm -hmm. And I recognized the yard, and I told him, I said, that's a... That's my buddy's uh, yard, my best friend's Darren, Darren's yard. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. And they said, you know the guy that who, they showed me the picture? And I said, that's the guy that barged in. Mm. And, and, and I started arguing with my friend's mom. And I was like, they was like, yeah, they said he's being investigated because he's, that's the first time I heard about John Birch. But they said he's being investigated for this. Wow. You and the, the hurtful and the shameful thing about it all like when you talk about John Burge like so they do the investigation and he ends up doing time he only did four years in prison which you know is just a tip of the iceberg of this conversation because when we see these things happen when we see these brutal killings there is no proper 
justice, mm, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure for the families there, there, there could never be a proper justice for losing a loved one. But at the very least, you would want something that feels adequate. Mm-hmm. And for all the torturing, like he literally um, electrically shocked people, mm-hmm. suffocated people, beat people over almost a 20 year period. And he gets four years. Yeah. And that was the first time I had heard about him. That you know, I had uh, I had not known that he had did that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just always remember that night because it was crazy, and I didn't know he had actually he had shot him. Mm. You know, I know there was a young man he jumped the fence, but they shot him in the back. He shot him in the back. That's what they said, and they were investigating him now. And it took them six years, or something like that, to that extent, maybe longer for him to even do that four years. And he still got his pension. He still got still all got that his other pension. stuff. And then he got out and he went back to Florida because he was living down there. And then he he's gone now. So this is, I mean, this is literally the system that, you know, Chicago has inherited. So we can't just look at individual cops and what they're doing, but really looking at the whole entire mm-hmm. system that they're working in. Whether you're a good cop, bad cop, or on the fence cop, like you're working inside of systems that operate like this and it's become the culture to operate that way so how many people were under his tutelage yeah and they knew they knew because there's no way you can do all of that and 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 do it alone well i'm going to be respectful but it's quite a few people made their careers off of his uh off of his investigations politically like quite a few people made their careers off of his investigations and his catching the bad guys and uh, you know it's it's quite unfortunate but yeah i just remember that Things like that I always remember. It's like I'm always there. Yeah. I've been there. I'm like yeah. the Forrest Gump right. of the, you know, right. you be sitting right. in the back and you don't realize where you're at until you realize one day that's where I was, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, real talk. But, but wasn't that, oh, no, go ahead. Wasn't that the impetus for the mayor going outside of Chicago, outside of the culture to find someone find to bring somebody in? somebody new, yeah. Yeah, he started, I mean, he started, who was the first person that he started to go outside the culture with? I think it was basically Jody Weiss, maybe 12 years ago, before he his last four years in office, he had got Jody Weiss. But they had, uh, the, the rank and file police officers started complaining about him then because he was an FBI agent. And uh, I think Mayor Daley was trying to clean up the police department. Like I said, I think he knew. He knew that there was some things going on. He, he knew the culture, you know, and uh, he was trying to make amends for it. But they didn't really take to him because he wanted them to be a little bit more professional in how they did things. And sometimes you can't teach an old dog new tricks, you know, and it takes a while. I'm like, hey, I'm just saying it like it is. So you got to get all new dogs then. Sometimes you got to get all new dogs. And I mean, it's been 12 years, you know, and, and at, over that period of time, once Weiss left office and daily left office, then Weiss uh, left office when Rom came in and then uh, they got McCarthy. He was from out of town. And McCarthy's there, and then they did bring in Mr. Johnson, who recently mm-hmm. resigned, and now we got Mr. Brown, and he's from out of town. So I think, you know, when we talk about that, Lori kind of knows, too. She knows. She's been here for about 30 years. People don't realize Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, is not new to the city of Chicago. She's been here probably 30 years, probably longer, you know? And uh, she knows. She's, she's worked in the daily administration. She worked in the Rahm administration. Now she has her own administration. And I think she understands some things that a lot of people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
I think the question for me is if we don't feel protected, how do we protect ourselves? And you guys call in, chime in. How how are you protecting yourselves? How are you protecting your children? How mm-hmm. are you protecting your husbands, your wives? Like, if we don't believe that we are being adequately protected, mm-hmm. we have to take it upon ourselves. So, so what can we do and what are people doing? Mm-hmm. See, here's my thing. I've always thought about this. You know, with everything that goes on in the community, the homelessness, the the crime, the, the just the drug abuse, the living conditions that goes on in, in urban communities. I think that the police officers can do, I think that the, the FOP can do something more. They can actually make these conditions better too. I think they can evolve and be something more than just let's chase the bad guys. I think they can, because they can rally, actually be the ones to rally for the homeless as well and rally for people for criminals or ex 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 convicts convict convicts i don't want to call them ex-convicts but to to be able to get jobs mm-hmm. and things like they have the power just like they have the power to lock you up they have the power to free you and make your life better and i think that's something that they have never considered i really do i think getting close to the community realizing who's getting out and where they're going and 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 the fop can probably make programs that could help these guys once they come out so they won't have to slide back into that life because that's really what it comes down to i don't know maybe it's a radical idea it is radical but that's not but but it it just seems to me it's not unrealistic though right i think they have the power to to change that will they and you say I think they will if somebody brings the idea to them, which is you, what I'm you really trying think to that do. no one has had this idea before. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure but I don't think up. it's been on the radio. I don't but, know. I but, don't know. I'm just saying. But the FOP right. has the power, even over the mayor, in a sense, to because nobody look, nobody knows more than the guy that's on the ground. But that's what we're talking about is the police. Exactly. So you said. It's more to it than just chasing the, chasing the bad it's guy. But what if they are the bad guy? So how right, do you right. weed that out? So you weed that out by, by giving your other police officers. I know this is easier said than done, but you, it's like a fraternity. It is a fraternity. Right, fraternal <laughs> order. Fraternity. Right. Yeah. It's a fraternity. You know, the brotherhood. But here's the thing. They have to police each other, and they gotta be they got to be honest with each other. You know, mm-hmm. they got to be fair with each other. I know policing is not easy, man. Can you imagine some 16-year-old kid or somebody in your face every day yeah, talking teachers. stuff to you or having, yeah, yeah. But so I'm, I understand totally where they're coming from. But they do have more power than they know and than they care to use when it comes to creating good. And I know that's why they have CAPS, mm-hmm. community uh, policing and things as such. And they get out here and they do things in the community. But I, I do believe there's a lot more that they can do, too. Maybe even work with the, ex, the ex-offenders. You but know? I think that's where the that's conflict is, the is coming in. The ex-offenders, That's where the conflict is coming in because how can they police each other within that system when there is such a power dynamic? So you have, you know, the older generation cops or the more experienced cops who might be operating under a different culture they have power over the rookies or they have power over people of color or they have power that they exert mm-hmm. over others. So it's like, how how do you police somebody who is above the internal law? 
Right. Yeah, and and that's a that's a question that does need to be answered. How do you term determine if like that folks are afraid doing, to call in? Like you know they yeah. can't even call. Nobody's in. calling in. How do they? How do they on the job when yeah. you can't even speak out? about what's, what's really happening, what's happening. to you. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're suffering in silence and you know you're trying to feed your family, you're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think you're tied up. I think that's a viable solution. I, I think the uh the county I know the county has parole officers <laughs> when you get out of jail and, and things and such and they, they check on them. But I just do believe that the police department can do some more too to to kind of just uh make the situation a little bit better for these guys that go out and 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 and, and generally come back they got to keep arresting them you know so you know big ups to all the police officers i know this conversation has been kind of uh crazy we went from yeah celebrating <laughs> and we're still celebrating you but we're just asking the question you know what can we do to make the situation better how how can we make the situation better Yep. And how are you protecting each other? How are you protecting each other on the force? Because it's not all peaches and cream within the team, within the culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, we definitely need our black and brown police officers. We need people on the inside. We need our people policing our communities. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, we can't say, well, don't have any of us on the for- like no we need each other in there but how do we make it mm-hmm. so that it's a positive experience but I, I do think we do have to like get involved though they are like i said in every district they have a cap sergeant let's see, get involved in community policing and then see where we can go from there so we got to call on the and line real got- community policing not vigilante absolutely just right whatever. right yeah no, none of that punisher stuff no. yeah. knock it off so we got tommy on the line what's up tommy how you doing man well, well, first of all, let me say hey to you guys and, and you stuff. Doing? And uh, I need you guys to know we're holding Kendall uh, hostage until uh, I get a set of brand-new rims on my car. Okay. <laughs> all right. How y'all going to work it out? Uh-oh. Ain't nobody Uh-oh. else donate. Y'all got to come up with that money. That's hey, what we talking brother, about. Brother, we in a recession, so you might have to keep it for a minute. Nah, 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 in case you ain't paying attention, brother. Now, only, only the recession we are in is what's in our minds, because if you really think that these people care anything uh, about individuals reforming their lives, then you really are not paying attention to how they make their money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, called, it's called transportation. It's called housing. It's called hospitalization. And most of all, it's called commissary. Mm. Yep. Now, do the math, people. Yep. I, I mean, when you, stop and you think about our, when you stop and you think about our communities, all you had to do is roll around, and, and last night uh, the brother was on uh, the Risque Files, mm-hmm. and he was playing some uh, uh, some house, and, and, and it took me back to a time when you could go to anywhere in Chicago, and, and, and you didn't have to worry about any of these things. These communities were alive and, and robust. You didn't even have to go out of your, your community. The people who lived around 79th Street had all kind of clubs, all kind of restaurants, all kind of everything that they didn't even live. But most people didn't even go downtown. Mm-hmm. And now you've got this outland, this, 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 this oasis of, of, of what anything goes. So I, I just want to leave you with that. Because, see, unless the hearts and minds of those who are 
live in these communities change and recognize and understand that the stuff that they're doing is why they keep a black cloud over our heads because if not, they would have to answer the question, mm -hmm. how can these communities look this way? How can you disinvest in education? How can you disinvest in employment? How can you have houses that's been down there almost 100 years and y'all won't even give people a dime to try and straighten it out? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. when I say y'all to subscribe to www.howdumbcanyoube. I'll mm. return, Kendall, when I get them lights on my rim. <laughs> rim. All right. Uh -oh. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, -oh. uh Wow. Okay, well, Kendall, hold on, brother. We're going to reach deep down in our pockets and see if we can get well, you we back. We're going to get these rims. Let's see, what, let's see what we can do for you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, like I said, I, I totally understand that. And I've done work with a lot of uh, police officers, Um over on the west side and the south side as well, uh, Sergeant Dan Allen, for one. I know he does a lot over in the uh, in the 11th district, and Mr. Tim Brown, uh, Sergeant Tim Brown, over in the 14th district off of Madison. So I, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of work with them, and uh, I, I know they're good police officers. There are good police officers out here. It's just how do you get rid of the bad ones? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just. You know, it just takes some courage, man. You know, and I know it's yeah. easier said than done, but maybe one day they'll get fed up. Hopefully so. Hopefully you know, so. You know, and creating can, better relationships with the community because my last run-in with a police officer, like, yeah. the, the treatment was horrible. Wow. Like, they made me feel like, why did I even come to the police station to waste their time? Like, literally laughed in my face. So I think you know, beyond all the other things that are going on, really having to look at improving relationships with the people mm -hmm. that they are hired to serve, protect and serve. Hmm. Yeah. I personally haven't had any bad experiences with the police, but I have seen things, mm -hmm. especially with my black men, mm -hmm. that have made me want to cry. Mm. Like, why do, why are they uh, victimized in such a way that, they can't go to the police because automatically they are the ones who are the bad guys. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Autom like you said, the stereotype. Yes, yeah, the stereotype. Automatically, they're the ones who's the, who are the problem, right. even if they're what the one who do? called the police. Right. right. Yeah. So here's the thing that I know. Many other police officers are not necessarily from Chicago. They might have grandmothers, grandparents that lived here in Chicago for years back in the... Where are you going with that? Because why is that relevant? No, I think it's relevant because a lot of, lot of the police officers that are non-African-American or non-Latino, a lot of them didn't grow up in the city. They grew up in the suburbs. Suburbs that generally African Americans didn't frequent. But a lot, you should like still the know right from and wrong. The mm -hmm. Yeah, you should know right from wrong. But you got to understand, if there was nobody out there looking like you, and all they saw was on TV, and then the uh, the the group thought processes was to watch out for those people. Sometimes they bring that with them. A lot of times they bring that with them, and that's what's going on. They bring the paranoia with them. You know, it, sometimes it might not be necessarily racism. I know it sounds crazy, don't it? But wait a minute, it might be paranoia, and paranoia yeah, will yeah. turn into that. It's a conditioning thing, but then yeah. that's, that's more of a training issue. Yeah, They need a, to be reconditioned in order to be on the force. You can't come with those types of stereotypes when mm -hmm. you have people's lives literally in your hands. Right. And, and that's it, across the board, whether you're a police officer, a teacher, because they have the same biases. Yes. Mm -hmm. So here's my thing with 
retraining and conditioning and all that. Look, man, like I said earlier, you can't teach an old horse new tricks. I'm not saying old dog new tricks. You can't teach an old animal. And I'm not saying it's not impossible. (laughs) Of any sort. I'm not saying it's not impossible. But here's the thing. If you spend 20, 30 years of your life thinking a certain way, it's going to be hard for you to let that go. It's so going to be hard for you. So I'm not going to throw it away. I'm not going to say it's impossible. But it takes a minute, and then you get dropped into a high-pressure situation, a uh, high-risk neighborhood, and you already got the you, – you, you're trying to get over that those thought processes. You get dropped into a high-risk neighborhood, which that's part of the job. And, and what happens is that reinforces. It reinforces what's going on, you know. So – I know it seems like I'm, I'm kind of sticking up for him. You, yeah, I'm, you I'm, are. It's a little I'm, bit of a I am, but I'm not. You're I'm always a, the devil's advocate. A little bit of so a I am, but I'm not because what I'm you. trying to do is examine. I'm asking the question. I'm asking the question: Is that possibly what drives him? Because look, we can we can talk about bad police officers, bad people all day, you know. But what drives him to do that? I know it's. I know we know it's racism, but when they become a police officer. Sometimes they bring that with them, and and some people can't get over it. Some people can't. They never train themselves not to think like that. But that should be the exception, not the rule. I agree with you. So I I wish we would have had some officers call in and tell us about their good experiences. I I can't blame them. Yeah, that's blame them. But that's part of the process. That's That's part of the issue. Like I said, I've had friends who've told me, man, it's two police forces, and it's. It's different, but hopefully Mr. Brown can change all that. Hopefully, you know, things will be different mm-hmm. now that he's here. And I think the community should support him. I think we should give him a chance. Let's not expect a whole lot from him. Nothing's not going to change. It's not going to change overnight. But let's give him as much support as he needs to try and make our communities better. And let's be willing. And this is this this – I'm going to make some people mad, but let's be willing – to consider cutting the cord with some of these individuals out here who are committing some of these crimes, that we know they're committing some of these crimes, and they're making the neighborhood bad so your kids can't play on the block or whatever. I know it sounds crazy, right? But we have to be honest with ourselves. It could, if it's your son, your brother, your cousin, and they're out here doing that, I don't know what to tell you. you, uh, you they're sitting on your couch every night. They sitting on your couch every night. But we got a caller. Uh, we got Marcus on the line. What's up, Marcus? Hey, how y'all doing tonight? All right, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm blessed. Thank you so much for, for responding. I think what we have in dealing with this issue is something much bigger than just even a police issue. Um, what we have uh, psychologically as a society is an imbalance. Hmm. And so when I ask people the question, of some basic things like every day, can you sit still for 35 minutes, mm. quiet your mind, and be at peace? Silence. Mm-hmm. No, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so why does this idea of meditation and stillness affect police officers, government officials who live in these pressurized situations? It's because when you have not learned, even as a child and growing up into an adult, on how to live in equanimity or a sense of balance. When crazy stuff happens to you, your mind goes like a rabbit, and you're not able to think logically about the appropriate action steps necessary to calm a situation down and to look at 
other peaceful or more uh, productive alternatives for handling a lot of solutions. And so what we have, really, to be quite honest with you, is we have a societal issue, which is much deeper than just a police issue. Hmm. And then outside of that societal issue, we have to ask ourselves the questions of, what is the job of a cop? A job of a cop is simply to enforce laws that have been passed, but then also the more important job of a cop or a police department is how are those policies being implemented? And if we don't have a recognition of understanding how to lobby, how to have an understanding of how our court system actually works, states' attorneys as well as public defenders, as well as budgets for investigations on both sides, then what happens is we'll be fighting on the back end all day, and then the solution is who are we mentoring as young men and young ladies to want to go into a career Mm-hmm. in policing that has a different training and different skill set that can respond appropriately to the problems that we might be having as to cops maybe not treating folks the way that we feel they should. These are okay. generational jobs. All right. Well, I thank you very so, much for that comment, Marcus. I, I appreciate very it. Much so. And uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish up on that topic and we're also going to go into the lit round table hour with the, which is the last hour of the show uh we hope that you have enjoyed our version of edutainment <laughs> so we'll see you uh back in a moment he's hot he's mannish but it gets no realer than him kendall moore radio for the next generation on the talk of chicago 1690 wvon Sandy, and of course, you know what? Nettle Beretta, 
the last segment, let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all about y'all self. Now you y'all know that people are sitting at home with COVID nineteen and we all we don't we done said F the police, we done said the police. <laughs> we done did all, you know they mad at us. Why? Because it's a Friday night show. Well everybody ain't ain't mad at the police. But they should be. Okay. We saying right. what they want to say. Well, saying what they want to say, doing what they. I'm just glad that we was able to come up with the money to get to make sure Tommy give you back to us. Right. <laughs> he, wanted he, he wanted his ring. He wanted his ring. Oh my God, man! Quit it, quit it, quit it! All right, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, when you hear that eight o'clock music, which was written and produced by Windy City on the tracks, you know it is time for the lit round table. For those of you who are joining us for the first time or may not know what the Lit Roundtable is all about, let me run it down to you in just a couple of minutes. What we do with the Lit Roundtable, it's an opportunity for you guys to give us a call and talk about all of the trending topics for the week. Whether you saw it on social media, if you saw it in the news, if you didn't get an opportunity to get in on any of the daytime shows, we're going to be talking about it. And in, in, in other things as well. But this is an opportunity for us to go around the table and really give our opinions on those things that we may have missed during the week. Having said that, let's get into it. The Lit Roundtable. This is one of the, the favorite parts of the show for me, especially <laughs> yeah. when we got West Side Will, because I want to start on the West Side. <laughs> Will, I'm going back to uh, Willie Wilson, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do me like that now. <laughs> But why does he want to pick a fight with Lori Lightfoot? And, Will, because you're on the West Side, I saw a couple of them West Side uh, preachers out there in front of the Thompson Center. Which ones? I don't know all of them. But you know a couple of them. (laughs) Name no names, right? But anyway, why in the world, why do they dress the way that they dress? You know, I'm born and raised on the West Side of the city of Chicago. Why is everybody still wearing zoot suits, man? <laughs> Look, I, I can't Will, can you that, answer man. that? Will, Will, give us no, a call. Find out one sixteen ninety is the number. <laughs> Come on. It might be a generational thing. How old are they? <laughs> are they? Are they... 60 or yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'm but the point is, and we talked about <laughs> we talked about this and said that we were not going to talk about it today. But why is he picking a fight with Lori Lightfoot? Well, you know, I, I think uh, we've been hearing for a few months now how he helped her, uh, or he endorsed her to 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 become mayor, and then the next thing you know, she kind of dissed him. She hasn't gotten in contact with him, and then this COVID thing comes up. And he looks at it as an opportunity to help the community. I mean, he's he's the man when it's medical supplies, and this is a medical situation. And and the uh, state and the city has had a problem giving people masks, so he's going to donate it, which I'm quite sure is a write-off. Okay, you know, but he did approach them first, and they turned him down. So you know, when you look at it like that, if it's somebody who might may be your opponent, you don't want to give him any thunder. Feel. You know, to come back later. But are you you might be giving them thunder anyway by denying him. You know, it might be best just to work with him. You know, just work with him. Get him, you know, get him on your side, Lori, because you don't need him against you. I'm just saying. I feel. You don't need him against you. I, I am. I'm he looking. has significant. But she pull. needs the people of Chicago to be healthy. Yeah. What he's advising, what he's endorsing. It's counter. And I don't agree that. with what he's doing. I, I don't. I, I think, Willie, honestly, I, I think you should stay out of that one. I know that he's over. He's actually over um, 
the organization or, or something like that. I don't exactly know his title. Remember his title? Right, I know right. His office is over on King Drive and 51st Street. But I would just – I would stay out of that. I think, you know, because you don't want them to go to church and then people get sick. And next thing you know, well, it's Willie Wilson fault. He encouraged everybody to go to go to uh, church. Will, the re- Will Sandy. And my faith is strong in God, but I think God's a God of common sense. Will, Sandy, now the, uh, the reason I bring it back up is because it's going to be, it's going to lead the 10 o'clock news. I got a text from uh, WLS. They're going to be talking about this throughout the weekend. It really, it's going to be a standoff. Mays probably will end up talking about it on Monday mm-hmm. because they, they, it really is going to be a standoff. There are a lot of people who are upset right now. When I say people, let me be very specific. There are a lot of uh, African-American people and people who go to black churches who are upset right. that they feel non-African-Americans have been given they've been they, they've been allowed to go worship uh as they as they will but Lori, the way that she came out saying she's going to enforce yeah th- you know there are certain words that she used so anyway that's so, what so i thought here's, here's my last thought on that okay and i'm sorry Sam. Then, no you go I'm, ahead and then i got my I got last, last thought, thought on that <laughs> if, if if i'm your adversary i want to show you how much power i got and everybody knows that most politicians go through the church if they the black community, they come to the church. Now, if you got power over the people that 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 uh, the spiritual leaders of the of, of the community, mm-hmm. you know uh, that could go kind of bad for you, mm-hmm. and and that's Willie's field. So you know what I'm saying. But I just think Willie should probably not do it. Be, be a little bit more responsible than that. Don't make it a, a political thing. Make it a, it's more of a people thing, you know. But I think he's trying to show her something. I look, feel. I got control over where you gonna need the vote set. Mm, and when it comes to the people, it just feels like we're trying to be tit for tat. So right. people are looking at, well, these non-black churches get to open, they get to go worship. Yep. Why can't we go worship too? And right. we're we're not playing the same game as them. They they don't have the same number of um, predisposition to diseases where we're, it's, it's a different playing field. So let them go do what they do. Why are we begging to play that same game when the outcomes are not going to be the same? Like why, why are we looking at what they're doing? Look at what you need to be doing to keep you and your family healthy. So here's the factor. And I think we touched on this some weeks ago. Churches have mortgages. They have loans, right? You know, they have bills that they have to pay. They don't pay the water bill. But True. they had, still had to pay the light bill. They still have staff, too. Some huge churches pay staff. But, you know, hey, I believe in God. I believe in the power of the church. I know what the church has done for black people uh, as it relates to us in America. But I think this when it comes down to being too many of them. Yeah. It's too many of them because it's too many denominations and everybody. And it becomes a competition. I know for a fact that, I mean, I'm talking too much, but I'm going to say it. It's a lot of pastors that are jealous of other pastors. And they compete against each other. Yeah, they're human. And, 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 they but, compete yeah. against each other. Yeah. But and that's the problem. The who's community? thinking about the well, people? Who's, like thinking about the who's thinking about the people? Who's thinking about the people? To the detriment of the people, Sandy. To See, the I, detriment right. of I, the people. I can whoop right. louder than him. Watch this. I'm going to whoop louder than him. Watch I'm gonna preach more thunder than him. Because no, now ain't. it becomes <laughs> yes, I am. No, because now it becomes an abuse of power. Because we already know that who yeah. is mostly most respected in the black community. We already know our people are looking to our church leaders. Yeah. So they have this influence. They have this power, and now you're using it in a way that's actually going to hurt the people so, yeah. who 
you're supposed to be serving who who listen to you who follow you yeah so so can i akin this to what about the the young man who threw the party with all them people right a couple of weeks ago that will, will on his can case. we akin that to the mm. same thing well, here's the thing. No, no, no. But you but know, just think about it. Put it in the, the, the cases have went up in Illinois, man. It had nothing to do with that part. The cases, how do you know? Well, the more testing. Well, how do you know? You can't testing. tell. You don't know. You can't track. You can't track it. That's what they've been trying to do is isolate it. Then you have a big party, and then people have parties all over Chicago. They decided, hell, if they're going to have a party, I'm going to have a party. And then I know some people talking about the Jewish funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that, too. Everybody's in the wrong. But you, but you see what I'm saying? It's like yes, they're all wrong, what, and that's what? the thing. We got to stop the tit for tat. Well, the Jewish people got to have their funeral right. and spill out into the streets. Like, no, they're wrong too. Let's stop trying to do yeah. what the wrong people are doing. We yeah. we want permission to do the wrong thing. No, they wrong. <laughs> you if Kendall jumps right. off a bridge, I'm not jumping off a bridge. <laughs> no, because the bridge is open. I'm gonna pull you with me. Like, come on, Will. Kendall got to jump off that bridge. I want to be able to jump off the bridge it too. starts from the top down though why were some churches allowed to open and others are not yeah why there's is that a, but even there's, a, there's a process to it speaking of which so let me turn the page mm-hmm. speaking of which though and it, it but it's within the same vein that we're speaking they're putting a lot of pressure on jb pritzker right now especially they those have. folks that who are downstate mm-hmm. to open up and now they're saying we're gonna be in tier three Mm-hmm. By the uh, by by May, you know the the next week, mm-hmm. by the end of next week. So tier three, you know we we're opening mm-hmm. up in these four phases. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you how are people feeling about that? Well, so we while we're talking about the churches, all of this pressure is being put on uh, Governor J B Pritzker to mm-hmm. open up the rest of Illinois. Well, understand that Cardinal Blaze Supich, which we ain't heard nothing from. I haven't heard nothing from him. Has a lot to do with that because if he's giving them the go to open it up. He's talking to the Catholic Church. He's the cardinal of the Catholic Church of the, here in Chicago. Well, he, he calls those shots. And they did get a lot of money. They got a lot of money uh, for COVID. So, you know, like you, you said earlier, you know, where's, where's Blaze Supich? Call us, Blaze. What's happening? Uh, 591-1690. It's the Friday you know, night show. Know. Love it, love it. All right, turn the page. All right, and then I'm going to get out to our face. Let me ask y'all about this. I sent this guy. I sent this to you guys. You know what, Netta? I want to ask you. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this word correctly, but let me spell it. P-O-L-Y-A-M-O-R-O-U-S. Oh, jeez. Polymorous? Polyamorous. 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 Listen, you know, my Western Illinois degree, don't don't judge me. Polyamorous. Polyamorous. The polyamorous Chicagoans. Uh, they it was in the Chicago Tribune on uh, May first. Uh, mm-hmm. They they upset, and, and I gotta bring that up. <laughs> Why you gotta bring? You know I gotta bring that polyamorous. up. Never. So I'm trying to understand. understand. So, so that, they first of all, we should explain what polyamorous means. Right. So it's, it's it's a relationship with more than two people. So each person is in a relationship with the other person. It's not like you're cheating. It's not like the guy has two wives. Say you have two women and a man. The women are in a relationship with each other, and each woman is in a relationship with the man. Mm. So it's a it's a so they know each other. For, Your they girl got know a girl. Each other. Whoa, 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 whoa. They moving too fast for me. Will I can't even hold on, Netta. One more time, explain that. So what they, is polyamorous? So you're in a relationship. It's more than two people, but each person is in a relationship with each other person. 
It's a committed relationship oh, wow. that's more than a, just a two-way relationship. So is it's it's a is it a limit to this number? Or I don't be? know. I'm not I'm because not one. So it's kind of like so, so polyamorous. So that so let me get this straight. So mm-hmm. if, I have many loves. If amorous I'm poly, loves. right? Can poly. you can you be married and be in a polyamorous relationship? Well, I think legally you can only be married to one person, right? But so legally, married, they do have if polyamorous. If, but if your wife yeah. and the husband yeah. agree that they want to bring in a third person, yep. well, and go. that third person agrees, then yep. that's a polyamorous relationship. There you go. So they can bring in a fourth person, a fifth person, and people do do they that. Yeah. They do. Well, I t- I was born in the wrong era. <laughs> well, no, no I, I mean they do it in this era, but <laughs> no, I've you can't do that. How? how, how? <laughs> Like, no. So, but the reason we bring them up is because, of course, uh, they're upset because of the the self quarantine. Well, I mean, does your do all the people they should hopefully live in the same house together? That would make sense. But they don't live in the same house together. A lot. Well, and I guess that's where the problem comes. So, if it's a husband and wife, and they got somebody who lives outside the marriage, Mm -hmm. and they live in a different household, right? So they have a schedule. Like I'm sharing Bob (laughs) on Thursdays and Fridays. I'm sharing him. You know, and but then I wonder, does it also affect them? Because do they participate more often in, say, a swinger set? So now are they upset yeah, because they can't at. go to their swingers? To their set. favorites, yeah. That all yeah. the polyamorous and swingers out there, give us a give call. Give us a call. Nine, yeah. one, you don't 16. have to say your name. No, but real talk. Like, but is this is this something? They literally had this in the Chicago Tribune yeah, on May first, and when I read the article, even though we're making light of it, I'm there was some seriousness. The there was some seriousness connected to this, and I, it begs the question. Should they have the right to be upset because they have to be quarantined from participating in something that a lot of people do not agree with? I mean, I don't think it comes down to what you agree with. If they agree with it, it's okay. But the thing is, they're not the same household. I mean, if they want to risk it all, let them risk it. Because it's just like you not being able to see, you know, your mother in a nursing home or your grandparents. Like, no, it ain't like that. No, 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 they like that, Sandy. Not at all. But I just mean from the standpoint of you can't go, you know, see somebody that you really want to see like yeah. you you can't do it just because of you know safe now you could say safety be damned and you just gonna go do it but the idea I, is not I, to I go want, how do you get involved in these type of relate you I know what know. i'm asking <laughs> for those a are friend. people that don't want to i'm asking for a friend i, I think, think, I, I think they asking. don't want to i think to an extent they don't want to really commit and this you know you just find somebody that agrees with you that's all you wait a minute because wait, there wait. are people who i mean you yeah. can find people who are into everything. So if that's yeah. what you're into, you can find a partner who is into that as well. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the lifestyle that you lead. Okay. What you say, Sandy said, there's an app for that too. <laughs> <There's> a, <laughs> so we have KC on the line. He's calling from the south Uh-oh. side. What's up, KC? Hey, how y'all doing today? All right. Hey, man, you polyamorous? <laughs> no, I'm not. But I have a question for polyamorous oh. folk. Okay. And I this is raise a little question here. In the name of the Equal uh, Marriage Bill, where everybody can get married under the uh, Gay Rights Bill or whatever you want to call it, why aren't they included in that? Uh, I don't think they're married, though, right? The polyamorous well, they can't, people? Well, but you can still no, 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 no. See, be polyamorous. No, you, you can be married and be polyamorous. Right. You can. Even if it's same sex. But yeah. it wouldn't be legal, though, because you, you only go legally, legally married, married to, one. to one person. 
Yeah, that's exactly. what. I but but say, does yeah. that, but the, but does does that answer the question though? I think so. What? Let me get clarity on the question. Okay, the question is here under the is it under the, under the LBGTQ setup? It's everything goes right. No, 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 no. That's not how that's set up. No, that's kind of like a stereotype. It's not. Yeah, no. If you're married, what I'm saying is you. But you're saying legally, you can be married to you can be married same sex or right, same sex, right? See that might that might is. So what I'm getting at is if you can be married, if you can be married to a woman, why can't you marry to two women, or why can't? I won't be married to two men if that's what she wants to do. Yeah, oh, okay. but in what, what Utah, the, you can probably have that. But that's called, uh, what, what do you call that? Uh, I can't rem- think of that word when you're married to, to, to more multiple than one person. Pe- multiple people, right. Yeah. But but in, and to Will's yeah, point, I though. Think isn't ahead. that their age, though? I think that's more age. Polygamy. Like, Utah. Polygamy. 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 Right. Yeah. Polygamy. And and the definitions, that, by definition okay, in ahead. and of itself, they're completely, those are com- completely separate items. Yeah. So, Casey, back to what your point is. When it comes to uh, LGBTQ, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z rights, uh, being legally uh, combined in a relationship, you know, th- th- there are legal ramifications that are associated with that specifically. But I, I don't know. Again, I don't know everything, but I don't think that there's legal legislation that specifically right. outlines these type of activities for those who par- participate. Right. In the activities. Thank you, Counselor Moore. And if I may add also, I think that polygamy is many marriages where polyamorous is many side pieces. Oh, my God. Thank you very much, KC. Attorney Will. We have another caller on the line. We have Rick from the West Side. What's up, Rick? I knew you was all right. You said West Side. Yeah, I'm To the world blow up, Rick. Boom, boom, baby. Yep, yep. All right, that polyamorism is sound like some good stuff to me. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Communities like that, we know they're polygamy. I'm a Muslim. We can have more than one wife. There's ways to do it. Okay. She's married legally to the one she has to agree to. You have any second wives, and you can only have three or four. Okay. Oh now, is that an illegal binding contract? Yeah, in in the Islamic Islamic community, that's legally binding. We can marry, you know, with with, all you got to have is witnesses, Mm -hmm. okay, and you do it by the book. Hmm. So it's legally binding in the Islamic community, including what she gets. It's not like these courts where they can take everything and give it to a woman. You understand what I'm saying? We have to religiously give a woman what the Quran says she has to have. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. And that's the way it goes. Now, the, my last comment is this: If what we're talking about is happening in these communities, then our Kelly should be released tomorrow. I think they're working on that. They're working on that. Hey, that's a stretch. Hey, I think they're working on that. There's a legal marriage age, and we know that our Kelly doesn't believe in age. That's a good one, Rick, but I don't think it's going to fly. But how many wives you got, Rick? But, you know, I mean, it's fair, right? They were brought these were brought he yeah, said he was, he said he was they in a monogamous relationship. Age, Rick. No, we got with, age. With with under age. Under age. We got age. So, so how got, many wives got, you got, Rick? We got P involved. Oh we got, you know, all of that so type much. of stuff. Yep. How many wives you got, Rick? One. You got one? It, it also says, listen, the Quran also says 
but one is better for you if you only but new. You got to treat them all the same. All right, That's very right. difficult to do. All right. You understand? So yep. it is what it is, bro. Y'all have a good evening and you stay too. safe. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. All right, folks, uh, 8.30, we got to take a break right here. We, when we return, we continue. It's the Lit Roundtable. Kendall Moore, let's do it. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the next generation. Back to the Kendall Moore Show on WBON 1690, the talk of Chicago on West Side. Will Kendall had to step away for a moment, so I'm back. <laughs> it's not like I ever left, but hey, we have a young lady on the line. We have Rose on the line. Uh, hey, Rose, what's up? You know, uh, good afternoon again. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I'm sorry. You know, people. I don't know if people really don't know the laws in this country or not. I really don't know, because what I just heard almost made my hair fall off. In this country, you can have five husbands, you can have five wives, but you have to divorce one and then take on another wife or another husband. In this country, we do not, it does not uh, make laws according to anybody's spiritual law. Hmm. If you think you have two wives, either you don't know and those two women don't know, okay? Mm-hmm. You go into the court of law and talk, start talking about you have two wives and you born and raised in this country and you are in this country, somebody's getting ready to be fooled and hurt all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous for people to say, I don't know how do you live in this country all of your life and you don't know half about what goes what goes on. I really don't. I really don't understand it. Thank you for that comment, Rose. I I I don't understand it either. I think, <laughs> look, the laws of this country, as it relates to marriage, uh, are based biblically. They really are because they used the Bible when they came over here to to you know to make the laws. You loosely. know, the founding fathers. Loosely now, if you based. live in, yeah, loosely based, exactly. But if you live in Utah, I think you can still have the Mormons, they can still have many wives. So, you know, you know I don't that's how they do. What? Why everyone is so upset and wary about COVID and they don't have that same energy towards STDs. That I don't understand that. Yeah. So that the polyamorous, part. oh, we got a self-quarantine yeah. because of COVID. Well, but I, you'll share your body with somebody, and you're not even thinking about getting tested for that. But I think it's exclusivity. That's what I think it is. I mean, you know, I mean, but it's just beyond just the polyamory. Even when in the porn industry, they scaled back mm-hmm. because of COVID. Have they really? They done? really did. Oh, what's going it, on? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reporting the headline. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but, 
you know, everybody's so worried about COVID and you have other things that are in your face all day, every day. Well, it's interesting. A friend of mine posted a meme like a week or two ago, and it was an HIV medication commercial. And the commercial had the people looking so happy and smiling and you wouldn't have even guessed that it was an HIV medication commercial. And that's not to say that so you can live with this illness and you can still have a full life. You can Mm -hmm. have a family. You can go to work. You can date like your life doesn't end. There's medication to help you extend your life. So that's not the issue. But I think. Part of the issue to me is that it's it's almost rose colored. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. people aren't necessarily fearful of contracting, whether it's HIV or yeah. herpes or gonorrhea or, or or anything like that, because oh, there's medication for that. Right. Oh, I can get rid of that, or I can live with that. Yes. And so it's not that same level of urgency and fear, whereas now we're walking around with masks on and right. wiping down everything because we're so afraid of potentially getting this virus. Yeah, but you got to find a person who has that too or who's willing to go along. That person that you get with might not have it, and that's their, that puts them at a risk, I would think. You know what That's I'm saying? true, but a lot of people yeah. aren't even getting tested. You're not right. even aware that you have it, but all of a sudden, it's COVID this and COVID that. So we gotta right. be you you can't vigilant. see them unless you have a mask on, but you know, right. dropped off a package that they can't get rid of. Yeah, right. Yeah, like let keep that same energy as the young folks say. Keep same that same energy. energy when it comes to your sexual health. Shout out to our sponsors over at AHF. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Like that wasn't even a planned conversation. Right. But again, like let's keep that same energy the same way we're being vigilant about whether we see our loved ones, if we stand six feet apart when we're out in public, like why don't we have that same energy when it comes to sexual health? Yep. Well, we have a caller on the line, Kareem from New York. What's up, Kareem? What, what side of town you live on in New York, man? You live on the west side of New what York. Borough? What borough? What borough? Oh man, guys, I'm up, I'm up, I'm closer to Cleveland, Ohio than oh, wow. New York. Okay, all okay, right. all right. Oh yeah. So you out in the birds? But, but hey, let me tell you, I tell you what, if I if I had a million dollars right now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm pretty close. I, I would probably re, uh, relocate to New York City because it's beautiful down there. Of course, after the um, after all this blows over, right. of course. Okay. But 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 I just wanted. I, I heard this brother calling in about uh, Islamic many mm-hmm. wives, this this sort of thing, right? Yeah. And he he's actually correct. But what he did not, I, I you know, I didn't hear him mention this part. What 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 else is in the Quran? It also says that God also tells the Muslim that you would only have but one if you but knew. Okay. Oh. And I think so God, so God is so God is informing. Mm-hmm. The foolish, the foolish man that might take that, you know, because the prophet did not have all these fine, nice young wives. Mm. The prophet demonstrated how that was supposed to be taken. He had a wife that was near eighty years old, you know, mm-hmm. that he brought in because no one else would, and he took care of her uh, for the rest of his life. Okay. This is the type of what this is what God meant by many many wives. You take care of them, uh, and you go by 
you do this by the way of the prophet, the way he did it back then. You All know? right. Well, thank you for your uh, commentary, Kareem. Uh, this these days they don't even take care of the one they have, let alone having several. <laughs> it costs money to take care of y'all. But well, that's the thing. That's, that's, the, if that's what they only afford one. You can only you should only take on additional wives if you can afford it. So can you? give the same quality like can this one have a house can that one have a house so i think that's where it, it, it and i know they'd be competing the, against each other you know if you get her mercedes benz you got to get her mercedes well that's the benz. thing you right. have to be able to take care you know of them saying? all yeah. the same yeah okay so that's why some may have three that's why some may have two that's why some may only have one all right well we have another caller on the line we have xena on the line hi xena what side of town are you from Zena? I just want to say one thing. Hi, Zena. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you all doing? You all doing great. Where are you from, Zena? Southside. You all right. You all right. Now, (laughs) any man or woman who has to have multiple partners to be satisfied really shouldn't get married. Just go ahead, I would say, and, you know, kind of mess around, have your girlfriends on the side, and respect your wife. Okay, the the key word here is respect. But they they shouldn't be going around trying to, okay, this is my wife. Uh, That's one reason I always said that the Muslim women are abused. So let me me say this. You're saying that he shouldn't have more than one wife or he should? No. no, Don't get married. If he needs needs more than one partner, don't marry. Just have your your woman on the side and, and respect. Respect your wife. Okay. That's okay. what he needs to do. Muslim women, by the way, are uh, abused. They, they make them wear those big old hot boosters, and the, and the men can come out bare-chested out on the beach. You ever see that? You know, they oh, yeah. are really yeah. abused women. They don't even know they're abused. Thank you so for that. I, I would um, never, I could never be a Muslim woman. Then they have to carry their head up. Some of them oh, only can see their eyes. But they need to stop this stuff about... I need more than one partner. Women's two. I need more than one man. If that's the case, then then don't put marriage in it. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Because I think that. what she's I'm saying, not necessarily to cheat on your spouse, but don't don't have a spouse. Don't, don't get married. Like if you want to be polyamorous, yeah. Do your thing. Have your multiple relationships. Why do you want to get married? Yeah, but well, I need she marriage said, benefits, and I need somebody going to take care of me. That part, too. Over. But she also said, have your si- thing on the side and respect your wife. But then she said, yeah. don't get married. So I was really confused. She, she and said, the flip side, uh, it's not always the men who want the polyamory or the polygamy. Women sometimes want more than one right. partner. Mm-hmm. So and she, we're not going to bash the Muslim community. Right. No, no. Well, we got another call on the line. <laughs> What's going on? We got Jay on the line. Uh, what's up, Jay? How many wives you hey, got? Hey, uh, uh, zero. I wish I had one. All right. Well, never one, say she might be issue. available. <laughs> she is here. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, how tall is she? Uh-huh. I'm going to give him my black people meat page. You, you saw Uh-oh. Have you seen Megan the Stallion? <laughs> oh. Christian <laughs> nah, Mingle.com. I'm sure she's a lovely lady, but Aww. I want to talk about this thing. Um, I don't think you should uh, compare venereal diseases with the coronavirus. You know, it's a kind of a false equivalency. Uh, someone can cough and you can get coronavirus. Someone can sneeze and you can get it. Mm-hmm. You know, a venereal disease, you know, you have to have sex with, and, and share uh, body fluids. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about the coronavirus, you know, it, you should just only talk about the coronavirus 
and how you can get that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you got people, and 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 uh, your screen is saying, well, everybody knows that. Well, you know, you still got people walking around without masks. Right. right. So not everybody knows that. So when you say these things and people hear it, and they're ignorant already, they say, well, as long as I'm not touching that person, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you do. And you're messing up everybody else around you, too. Right. You know, so I don't I don't understand how you can compare, um, uh, like I said, coronavirus with a venereal disease, totally different. And that's basically what I want to say. Okay, thank, well, thank you for that. Well, let's backtrack and clarify, because we were talking about people who have sex with each other. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about exchanging bodily fluids, mm-hmm. and those same people who are exchanging those fluids are more concerned about the coronavirus and do not take their sexual health into account with the same uh, weight or urgency. Right. Exactly. Right. But so I, just I totally understand, understand what you're point. saying. But yeah. to to clarify, we were specifically talking about people who have a sexual relationship with each other. Right, right. And here's the thing, too. I thought when you cough, it, it you know, you cough, it, it spews out particles in the air from yeah. your body. I, I understand you're talking about the transportation system in which it, the virus gets into the other body. Right. So I and I think he he's means. touching on, yeah. you know, with coronavirus, but, it's not really... It's not a choice because you could be in right. close proximity like us sitting in this room. We could yeah. be putting each other at danger, whereas yes. with a sexual relationship, you're making the choice to either practice safer sex or not safer sex. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. excellent point. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let, let's change the subject a little bit, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get off of that, all this coronavirus and COVID-19 and talk. Poly, polyamory. Polyamory. You know, I mean, hey, Luda, Ludacris, and Nelly Luda are going and Nelly to have for a the versus, versus a versus battle. Did anybody watch Jill and uh, Erica I last watched week? It. I did I not. Watched it. Really? <laughs> Netta, tell them how you really feel yeah, about yeah, versus. You were, tell I the did people. Not watch it. I mean, I just if I want to listen to their songs, then I'll <laughs> listen to their songs. There's just nothing exciting about watching them play their songs. I can do that on my own. So what kind of music do you like, Nella? I, I like a wide variety of music, actually. But what, what type of specific music? But she don't I, want my to it, It's play not it. necessarily a genre, but my favorite music are is music where there it's live instruments. Okay. Especially guitars, yes. bass, drums. Okay. I want to hear you play the instrument in your song. Okay. So okay. it doesn't have to be a genre. All right. Well, but I can't I, hear them play live instruments if they're playing me the song that I have on the CD. Off their yeah, but you know what? I'm, I'm quite <laughs> sure they would have did the versus battle like that. But, you know, they can't be in a room with the band. You know what I'm saying? They can social distance with the band. Teddy tried to well, do it. Well, Erica Badu, because that's what she's doing on her own platform. Like, she had her band. And so was she's been doing there? live. No, not for the verses, right. but she's been doing many concerts on her own website. Mm. And so she's been doing that with the van, a band. So you're getting a unique experience. See, I would watch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean, she's figured out a way to do it, but I think with verses, you know, they're just in their own homes. They're yeah. doing it on Instagram, so it's like, mm. is it more for the nostalgia of it all? I is think that the, the nostalgia and just the celebration of it, because I've I've watched. I want to say maybe all but one uh-huh. of the verses battles, and it's entertaining to me. Like I like hearing. Their banter back and forth. Right. I like hearing the behind the scenes stories. Like it's the whole energy because, of course, the music they, isn't new. They right. were so nice to each other. 
You know, when Babyface and, you know and Terry Riley was doing it, they had a little... They I had an issue with people saying, like, yeah. oh, Jill and Erica were so nice. Like, y'all too nice. Oh, like, what, what are y'all expecting? Like, they're playing Because I wanted them to be like, and I liked it. I did enjoy it. But I thought they were going to be more like Teddy and Babyface. I'm like, okay, man, I'm going to hit you with this. You got that? Yeah, and it think, wasn't the same type of banter. Because, yeah, right. even, you know, um, that was who was it? Thing. T-Pain and, and Lil John. They would do stuff like, like oh, man, yeah. you pulled that one out. <laughs> and I did see some of that with right. Erica and Jill. Yeah. Like, you know, when Jill, I forget what she played. But Erica was just like, you, you dirty beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gonna play that? But they were just so complimentary to each other. Michelle Obama But that's what we, I mean, people wanted to create people wanted to create drama. They were on there like Oh my queen, I work. Oh, they could be that's who they are. They probably meditated before. I remember the night I was on stage, and then you popped out. I'm like, okay, that's good. And people just aren't used to that. But that's that's just the man thing in me. They're used to reality TV culture. We supposed to be pulling each other's hair out. No, but I didn't think I sang this better. But I wasn't looking at it like them doing that. I just. And I did enjoy it. You wanted what more saying, excitement. I wanted them to say, okay, okay, I'm going to hit you with this tune right here. Right, Damn. right. You know what I'm saying? You ain't ready for this one. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But I it guess wasn't that's a how lot the guys do it. Yeah. The, the guys are savages and the women are daisies. Oh, my no, goodness. No. <laughs> Lord. I was looking for a cat fight. You know, that's what right. I'm that's what I'm saying. So, uh, so Ludacris and, and Nelly and Ludacris are going and Nelly, to go at it. Nelly, they are taking it back to the to uh-huh. the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get your, be your belly tops and your your uh, wide jeans. leg jeans ready. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you think was uh, Nelly's most popular song? Most was popular? hot in here? Uh, what was the hot in here? Was hot in here? Yeah, yeah. Did he? Uh oh. There we there go. There we go. All right. I think it's gonna be a fun battle. Like they make fun music. Yeah. So yeah. I That's think all it people can be is fun because people are one just of them got classics. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm gonna go with because I like Nelly and I thought yeah, hot in here definitely a hit. But I'm gonna go with Luda. I like Luda. I liked his sound. I like his style. And actually, he he was born here in Chicago, and then he moved to Atlanta. So, uh oh, see, like I'm gonna go there. You go. We're gonna That's be a, on the Instagram live tomorrow. And you're gonna hear this beat drop, and That's right. it's yeah. an instant party. That's it, and yeah. that's what we need right now. I think yeah. that's one of the things yeah. I like about the versus battles. Like we get this reprieve during. Uh-huh this quarantine mm-hmm. just to have fun mm-hmm. and you can be online and type your little comments and laugh and make jokes with people and it's just a good time yeah and they came out around the same time yeah yeah like i think it's i think it's a good matchup i, yeah. I think it'll be mm-hmm. um interesting as interesting as it could be to watch people play <laughs> they yeah. songs yeah. <laughs> i think Luke is more of a lyricist because yeah you will listen to his songs and you'd be like how did he put that together yeah yeah, yeah. nelly yeah. if it doesn't have a dance to go with it yeah he kind of sings yeah. too he sings with his stuff and i don't think yeah. he should do that but yeah i'm here for it it <laughs> makes him unique you know and we don't really get that with a lot of artists today right. like a lot of people sound similar, but right. Nelly sounds like Nelly. Luda sounds right. like Luda. Exactly. Jay sounds like Jay. Kanye sounds like Kanye. Like right. so to that point, 
they're only doing like old school and throwback artists. I haven't yeah, they any. haven't done any. Yeah, recent. Because do they have enough quality. songs? <laughs> yeah, you I don't want to hear the little yachty. I'm sorry, you can't play. I don't want to hear the little. We don't want to hear your B sides. You <laughs> need twenty little yachty. That's exactly. an actual person. Exactly. You need yeah. twenty uh, hits, not twenty B sides right, that we ain't right. listened to on the album. <laughs> so I think that's why we haven't seen a lot of newer artists because. Right. Who you you don't have a catalog yet, right? Yeah, and and you know, it's like uh, I think uh, Jay Z. No, um, what's his name? DMX. Uh, no, from Power. Power. Oh, fifty. Fifty. He he wants to go at it with Jay Z, right? Nah. And I'm like, that's nah. not gonna really be a battle. He won't. He's nah. gonna. He's nah. gonna. Don't do it, brother. Don't nah. do it. Leave Jay Z alone. That's a bad idea. Yeah. If Fifty did that, he would be just trolling the world because he would you be know, trolling. Yeah. Yeah. That's in pure Fifty fashion. He yeah. would be trolling everybody. Cause in the club, no way. That's just. That's the song I remember the most. That's really the only song. And I he's got hits, but yeah. I just I don't I don't see that being uh, apples to apples. Yeah, yeah. But going back to Ludacris, though, I think Ludacris is the one that's basically came out on top, though, because he hasn't went away. I mean, Nelly has hosted a few variety shows and stuff like The Voice or Wait, whatever. Wait, did he say variety shows? <laughs> variety shows, that's what they're called. <laughs> that's what they were called back in the day. I don't know that's what they call now. Oh, they're not reality shows, dance. The Voice and stuff right, like that. Right, right. But Ludacris has been in movies. He's, he's yeah. got that Fast he's, and Furious he money. He, you know, yeah. and, then, and he's a decent actor, too. Yes. He's a decent actor. Uh, he's okay. He's I okay. said decent. I didn't say Denzel. I guess you're right. <laughs> you know, on a scale of decent to Denzel, yeah, where <laughs> See, I, I knew he was gonna play this. I knew he was gonna play this because women love this. Hey, because it's just so smooth. It's just so smooth. Yeah, he performed at DePaul. Uh, was so wow, what year was that? A huh? lot of person, and he used to do radio. Like he's and yeah. they went crazy, man. I met that dude. They, they went crazy. Yeah, he's performing at DePaul. It was it was wild. I'm wonder, gonna be tuned in for it. Yeah, I wonder if this will help any of these artists revamp their careers. I I believe it has. Like I forget who mentioned it. it Might have been Teddy or Babyface, somebody. But mm-hmm. like their streaming numbers have gone up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, people are curious because even with Jill and Erica, so they had at one point over seven hundred thousand people mm-hmm. locked into that Instagram, mm-hmm. and all of those people, you know, were not. 30 right. plus. You know right. what I'm saying? There had to be some younger people who maybe weren't as right. well versed in their music. So I'm sure that probably sparked them to, you know, oh, let me go check this out. Yeah. I wasn't really up on it. I wasn't really checking for Jill, but maybe now I need to, you know, add her to my my repertoire. See, they, they getting a taste of real music before it and all went bad. And that's what's missing. Like this whole week I've been listening to a lot of like old school Jodeci and Uptown because Mm -hmm. of the passing of Andre Harrell. Mm -hmm. And what's missing, I feel, is church voice. Like people who used to open up their mouths and sing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you would get harmonies and melodies and lyrics. And I feel like a lot of what we get, especially for male artists today, we're not getting... People opening their mouth, you get a vibe. Yeah. Like, it, it's not, it's, it's a vibe. It's mellow. You ain't really got to open your mouth. You ain't even got to be really saying words. It's, yeah. a, it's a vibe. It's like Jacquees. 
But, uh, oh my goodness. Uh-oh. The music takes precedence <laughs> over the over vocals. Right. right. And so I feel like when we look into these versus battles or look into somebody like a Andre Harrell, we're we're getting to see artists who actually sang and yes. yeah. wrote music and tried to really not just give you a vibe but create a moment that lasts like you could put this song on 20 years later and it still goes yes. hard there's mm-hmm. an emotional connection it's an emo- yeah. anytime even people from younger generations when they hear bbd's poison yep, yep. when that beat that's drops right. that's right you could have been born in 1998 that's right and you <laughs> when that's you hear right. that beat drop it does something to you mm-hmm. and so we're just not seeing that same caliber of music so i'm hoping that the versus battles are starting to inspire people to just up that bar. Like, let's get back to that, especially from the male singers. I feel like from women singers, like we have her yeah. and we have um, Janae Aiko and, you know, other Where's people that Alicia are coming Keys? up. Alicia Keys cannot sing, so stop. She just released a new book. <laughs> so she can write. So let her, let her stay in that She lane. just released well, a I new think book. She went to I think she's awesome. So. Well, there was she's talk somebody wanted sure. her and John Legend to do a piano G- John Legend wanted her and John Legend yeah. to do a piano version. And I don't know so. if that'll happen, but maybe we'll see that. But you know what I think is missing? Groups. We need that, more singing we need groups. groups. Like one People who open yeah. their mouths and sing. Yeah. yeah, everybody is solo artists right now. It's all about the producer. Right. You have a lot of DJs who yeah. are about the more image popular now. now. Yeah. It's about the image. If you got like a good you said, image. We want the singers. harmony. We need the harmonies yeah. back. We yeah. need somebody doing a two-step behind the a mic two, stand. Yes. <laughs> we, well, come on. It'll yeah. probably be back in another Bring five back. years. No, yeah. we don't have five years. We, we need to go today. from mumble rap. Everybody's going to be whispering. We're going to Yachty. No, yeah. that's what we are right now. <laughs> I, hey, I, I turned on this guy one day. I'm like, who is that? And I turned him right off. <laughs> we I need it. We right need off. that I'm back. Sorry. So oh. hopefully Versus inspires people to do that. We're going to yeah. kick it off. Kendall's going to be our front man. Okay. All right. Well, you know. This what is Kendall, and what? these what? and these are my temptations. We starting a we starting a new group, and you're gonna be the front man. Oh, and uh, right. Will said he got soprano. I'll do now. I do the bass. <laughs> what up? Yeah. Lord, <laughs> help me. Yeah. Help right, so so me. Fill me in. So Will doing soprano. Sandy, what you on? Man, I'm gonna drop a hot sixteen. I'm a, I'm what? a rap. I'm a rap. Nella, what you doing? I'm going to do the alto harmony in the background <laughs> while I play my bass. Okay, so okay. So I'm going to play my bass, too. I feel that. Yes. With both hands. We're going to do it with both hands. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, All right. We, well, listen, folks, we got to get ready to wrap it up. Of course, uh, we got the Buchanan. The Buchanan Report. No, no, let's, let's make sure we get this correct. Mm-hmm. The Buchanan and Seton Show. They're coming up. You know, these guys always do a, a fantastic job. You know, after we get done with this Friday night show, they come on and, and, and fill you guys in on what's happening on the political scene and give you the opportunity to make sure that you can continue the rest of your week with uh, being informed with information that can help you. So make sure that you stick around for them. They're, they're, they're coming up next. In the meantime, just want to say thanks to everybody who called in. Want, I want to apologize to those who couldn't get through. I also want to apologize to those who was like, I hate them. 
<laughs> you just don't understand. Well, there's, there's you just don't understand us. Like you don't understand us. But anyway, anyway, I'm making a joke. We will be back next week. We want to wish everyone uh, a very happy and safe and blessed weekend. We also want to say be smart and be safe to all of all of you guys who are thinking about going to church and this whole Willie Wilson versus Mayor Lightfoot thing. Don't buy into it. Be smart in your decisions. Uh, and please keep that in mind and stay safe. Always to my team, Westside Will. What up, what up? So Dope Sandy. Hey. Netta Beretta. Yeah. And my girl, Fire Naya. We appreciate you guys. Until next time, and as always, make sure you hit the Kendall Moore Show. It's at the Kendall Moore Show on Facebook, Church, and Tabernacle. What's Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON, AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON, AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. What's